P.S. I Love Hoffman is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Iggy Pop! Amen! Let him write! I'm a fucking idiot. Red meat, we crave sustenance. I'm an artist. Hello, my name is Jimmy Cody. Why don't you have some fun? Fun, fun. Tommy, that's a tape thing. Whoever she is, I'm gonna find her and I'm gonna hurt her. I've spent the past three years learning Finnish! <laughs> I'm always home, I'm on cool. This is a process of dehumanization. Shut, 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 shut up! Hey, Hoff fans, welcome to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman, our love letter to the remarkable career of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm still Brian Rodriguez. And I'm still Kyle Reinfried. We're always home, we're always uncool, and we're always ready to watch Philip Seymour Hoffman films. And today, Kyle, for the first time in a while, we're in your home. We're keeping it safe. We're six feet apart from each other, but social distancing watching here. You know, uh, both of us have been COVID tested recently, negative. I hope you didn't tell me your results. I'm always but... negative. <laughs> yes, so uh, we figured, you know, we were going to be kind of in the same area. So why not do this together? It's been a while. There's a long movie too. Not going to say the same. Yeah, it's better to be in person for this movie. We try, We did the one, yeah. not in person. And maybe that was a sign. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> not sure, not sure. But happy to be here. That's for sure. And happy to talk Scent of a Woman. Like you said, we had that snafu, but we had a great time doing Owning Mahoney. But now Scent of a Woman today. So uh, we're in your home. Where do you have it queued up on? Um, so I'm watching it via an Amazon rental, which I think it's also on Stars. And there was no, there was only like, you know, the MPA rating and all that stuff before. And so it's at 0019 seconds. Um, and we are on the the sun is rising behind just the, you know just the around the, the tip of the earth the tip of the earth yeah. perfect so uh 0019 as you said and i see the time code is 2 hours 37 minutes longer movie than i remembered but last time we did it i was like oh, okay now i get it <laughs> yeah cuz they travel a lot here they travel a lot I've argued whether I should do this on High School Slumber Party or not, because it's technically a high school film, so I really should at some point. Wanted just this to be a yeah. combo episode? Just put it on the feed. Some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's, it's all good. Got to put a different focus. Um, <laughs> well, Kyle, I mean, it's your home, so why don't you count us off? All right. In three, two, one, play. Turn it down a little bit. I got the subtitles on. This is the first time we're watching a movie on my new TV. Oh, wow. This is episodes brought to you by LG. <laughs> wonder if that's too loud. Five. Um, I would put it a little, a little lower, Kyle. I can see it on, coming up on the thing. Okay. Oh, and then we got a new school universal than old school They just got to let you know, yeah. Yeah. Which I love this one. This is the one that I'm always expecting, like, the haunting, like, Jurassic Park soundtrack. In the <laughs> well... I shared that HBO intro video. Yeah. Like, and so it makes me realize that that's practical effects, too. Yeah. Like, that's not a cartoon or anything. No, it's literally yeah. in a room with someone has a model globe. So cool. Oh, did Universal do this? I didn't know. 
Um, yes, so Scent of a Woman, and by the way, Martin Brest, Martin very Brest. good director. Yeah, very good director. At the uh, Garden State Plaza, where oh, we <laughs> used to frequent movies when you could go see movies, they have, uh, well, they have that huge mural in the uh what would you call that in the in the tundra the tundra that's like <laughs> in the veranda it's not uh, i think you mean like rotunda, rotunda? Maybe. yeah okay but like the tundra is like you know above yeah. a certain line of the earth when you're well like, maybe that yeah. is i don't know the elevation <laughs> it's a high dome where you were hoffman and there's very odd i forgot bradley philip, whitford philip s hoffman true 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 philip s hoffman but um yeah, there's a bunch of there's you know there's all those murals, but then you get those pictures of the directors and their movies, and some of them the choices are like for the direct representing the directors are a little questionable, but then uh, you get Martin Brest Scent of a Woman. Yeah, so I was just looking up other Martin Brest films off the top of your head. What's Martin Brest's known for? Oh God, uh, Scent of a Woman. <laughs> I'm so bad. I'm I like, know I, I do. I and know. then when I see it, I'm like, oh, oh. It's been... I haven't watched oh, this. Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Cop, the original. Yes. That's where I was thinking, because I, I like saw that recently. Yeah. One of your favorite films, Jiggly. I can't believe you did that. That's did crazy. What? Jiggly. Written and directed by Martin Prest. I'm serious. Is that... I always thought it was just Jiggly. No, there's a, there's a G. There's two G's. Yeah, I thought the second G was silent. It was G, G, Jiggly? G, Jigly? Oh, you're right. It is Jiggly. Because it has a pronunciation key. I guess people do that. Why is the second G silent? Whatever. I didn't watch the movie. That was like a made fun of movie for a while. This Ma- is one of the few, uh, you know, it's like this. Planes, trains, and automobiles as far as Thanksgiving movies. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could kind of cover it on foodie films as well uh not really i mean could cover scenes but there we go not too long in oh those are very small subjects. oh and i always forget look who's behind him can you make it out or is there a glare i mean i can kind kind of read it i had the option i didn't realize how small so yeah that's uh <laughs> you can do it you can do it <laughs> well it's dick <laughs> yes dick from high fidelity yeah um what did he direct him in the the uh the play thing yes i think you could probably raise the volume because i think it was just loud because of the intro things but now yeah. it's like very quiet <laughs> classic hoffman there and guys, just a reminder, if you haven't picked up already, this is a watch-along. If you want to hear our regular episode on Scent of a Woman... I don't, I don't, way I was gonna say, back. The first episode we did, technically, because we were kind of out of order. Second, second episode we did. We did Triple Bogey, and then we did this, and we're like, oh shit, he has movies. Third. Because we did we this... We did an intro episode, I thought. Not counting that, I'm saying okay. third movie we did. Sorry, I should be clear. We did uh, that weird one, Two. My New Gun, My New Gun yeah. and then we did this. But there's movies before this that... Like Schuler's technically before this. Oh, I thought this was the second movie we did, and we realized. Oh, really? And okay. My, and we realized my new gun. Was I know we were so us. screwed yeah. up with the order at the beginning because, like, IMDb posts orders differently than Wikipedia. Oh, that's a cool little mailing mailing room. 
<laughs> what a douche, this guy. I wish without pausing it, I could make the uh, subtitles a little bigger. Riveting stuff from us. Yeah. <laughs> no, just want to remind you guys, yeah, check out that episode. And you can check out all previous Philip Seymour Hoffman episodes that we've talked about on PSA Love Hoffman, which is all of them. But <laughs> that was a weird way of saying it. But check them all out on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Or Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Alexa devices. However you want to listen to us, you can listen to us talk about our main man, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Who, by the way, just had a birthday. Yeah, yeah, just recently had a birthday. Um... He would have been, I think it was 52, 53 years old. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. It's crazy to think about. But uh, his sister uh, gave us a nice message in response to our birthday message. So always want to shout out to his sister, Emily. Yeah, Emily was very lovely and wrote us that message. And it would be be great to meet her someday. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Just other Hoffman news and... Well... (laughs) It's 25 years since Almost Famous, so there's a lot of Almost Famous stuff out, including a podcast I highly recommend called Origins. They have a whole... I binged it. They have a whole Almost Famous thing with all the actors. They talk a lot about Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think we're going to save a lot of the nuggets from there for uh, something more Almost Famous adjacent, not Scent of a Woman, because I don't think people looking for that will look for Scent of a Woman to hear (laughs) our take on it. But such great stuff about him. Um, And I, I bring it up because... His mother is brought up on the episode uh, in a really funny story. Jimmy Fallon, he's a, one of the people on this Origins podcast who's talking. And apparently at one of the premieres... He's an almost famous, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> apparently at one of the premieres, he saw Philip Seymour Hoffman in a limo. Uh-huh. And he ran into it and started like humping him and being and like ridiculous to him. And his mom, <laughs> he, how he tells me, he's like, uh, hey, Jimmy, this is my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so he was in that, because that's almost famous as 2000, so that's before he was on SNL, right? No, he was on SNL, but he was really young on SNL. Okay. Like, it, this was his first real movie that he ever did, Jimmy Fallon. And this is uh, Robin himself? <laughs> yes. Oh my god, Kyle. Uh, just to... This is also adjacent to Scent of a Woman. I promise you we'll talk about Scent of a Woman. I promise you that. But Chris O'Donnell, something that we always talk about came up on a recent podcast. Um, because we... It was with a frequent guest of mine on my other show, High School Slumber Party. Um, and you've just paused it, by the way. So no, gonna, no, 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 no. It's, 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 it's working. You're going to have to give a time code. When you do, it's, it's what's the time code? Just quickly, uh, eight twenty, eight twenty. Yeah. So he's outside in the foliage. Yeah. Um, we always talk about because he was in that that nineties uh, Three Musketeers. Um, yeah. <laughs> so my guest Kate Hudson, not the almost famous Kate Hudson. I know this is confusing, <laughs> but she instantly knew what I was talking about. She's like, Oh, and the song that's, you know, those, and she's like, yeah, she started singing. I'm like, you are the, you know, she's so great with pop culture knowledge. <laughs> and I'm like, they really wanted that world. Sorry. They really wanted that song to change the world. And she's like, uh, it kind of did. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, yeah. Chris O'Donnell had a little moment, you know? Yeah, more than a little moment. But then it just kind of... I don't know. It's like one of those... I feel like... I mean, definitely the... I guess the Robin did more harm than good, I think, maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and definitely more the Batman and Robin like that. But, you know, it didn't hurt, hurt George Clooney, so you can't... No, you could always rebound from that crap, you yeah. know. You're in a major franchise. People Dur- are looking at you. you directed know. by the late Joel, Joel Schumacher. Joel Schumacher, director of what Hoffman film? Are you that, like... <laughs> I have to go for a CAT scan soon. I really do flawless. I just flawless. have... I just have... Yeah, I just have... <laughs> flawless, unlike my mind. Oh, man. Oh, Todd Luiso, by the way. Todd Luiso. Was a good old pal of Hoffman's from the theater days. I wanted to look up the trivia on this. We didn't do that last time in the Unheard episode. Come a little closer. Sorry, I'm not going to take a chance. No, you My have to. Then this is, you know, this is the Oscar man himself. How's his kids? So Pacino obviously would win an Oscar for this, and we would get Hoffman winning an Oscar many years later. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and then we got the same Pacino for the next oh. 30 years. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but <laughs> it's. I think it's amazing that, like... I don't know who would have been watching this when it came out and been like, oh, there's another Oscar winner in here, and it's this kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you would definitely you, you think Chris O'Donnell just doing this this movie. Yeah, well, you know, let me look at his. <laughs> this, we were really young when this movie came out, but I even remember everyone imitating this Pacino. Oh, yeah. Well, it's this, and then, like, once you get to... Um... Uh, what am I trying to say? Heat. Heat. I'd say this Godfather 3 and Heat is like a new era of Pacino. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely. I'm trying to think of anything else. Like, I mean, and then obviously then you get into uh, Devil's Advocate and all oh, yeah. that. You know? Martin Brest has disowned the version of the film shown on airlines and television, just FYI. This movie, it's a good movie. But as we'll see, not a very 2020 movie. You know, there are some uh, things that I think people found endearing about his character that today, maybe not as a... Am I forgetting something very specific? I mean, one, the speech he makes that's the title of this film is like a little bit like, a little bit creepy. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) But it's, but it's... He's blind, so I'm okay. giving it to him for that sense. It's sure, sort of just, sure. Maybe, maybe would, it, would it be if if he wasn't? You know, the title "A Look of a Woman" is a way better. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Hoffman auditioned five times for this role. Um, he actually was working at a deli, foodie films related, when he got the role of this. There we go, deli man. And he, he Hoffman cited it as his career changing role. I can definitely see. I think this was an Oscar winning movie. Oh, yeah. Movie. He's in it a lot. Yeah. For like, I mean, we don't see him in movies this much for a while. No. Looking at. Let me go to his IMDb. Like, from memory, the next one he's in 
close to this, you know, closer to this amount is like Twister, if I'm kind of remembering right. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. So remember, Chris O'Donnell is at this prep school, but he's kind of, he's not a rich kid. Baird. So he, Baird, he has to navigate. Uh, well, I guess technically he's in Schuler a lot. Okay, yes, but <laughs> let's, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he has to uh, basically take care of Al Pacino over Thanksgiving break. Not actual Al Pacino, that would be a different movie. An interesting movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just looking at it. Okay, so his IMDb, we've got... Who's? Chris O'Donnell or Hoffman? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. You've got My New Gun, Schuler, Leap of Faith, Joey Breaker. Joey Breaker, he is in like an okay amount. Probably, maybe the same amount as this. Let's say, but that wasn't let's big, say we, we wide to... release movies, okay? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Joey Breaker was not in wide My release. Boyfriend's Back, a quick scene. Money for Nothing, a quick scene. Getaway, a pretty quick one mm-hmm. or two scenes. Like... The Yearling, not, I mean, that was TV. He's in like four or five scenes, but it's a TV movie. When a Man Loves a Woman, like nothing. So underutilized. Yeah. I love Andy Garcia. Nobody's Fooled, two scenes as the police officer. Yeah. And it's cool. And it's cool. It's it's Paul Newman, so like working with another veteran. So definitely probably learning in those moments. Um, Hard Eight, Us scene, and yeah, guess what? Twister. Yeah. So Twister and Boogie Nights. And as as we ended Act One... Of his career as we dubbed it with Boogie Nights. That was... It's probably... If you're really going to say something, it was... It's Scent of a Woman, like, as he's saying, is the real kickoff point. And then... I'm going to lower it now a little bit. And then... And then Boogie Nights. Yes, Twister, as we as we recognize. And we all know. Like, how many people did we talk to? Twister was the first time they yeah. really recognized him. So Twister is important. It's While silly. we were talking with a lot of people that are around our age group. Well... I mean that's not a weird thing. You no, know? it's not a weird thing. I'm just I'm just saying like there's I would say there's a if we talking with people that were maybe ten years older than us like since Twister and Boogie Night is right Boogie Nights is right there. Yeah, but you're chance. also assuming those people are like cinephiles. Like I think much more people watched Twister than they yeah, did I, I, I uh, Boogie Nights. And Boogie Nights is a film too that's getting a lot of. Uh, I think it was actually mentioned on that Origins podcast um, how and not even in the context of Hoffman how. So many people today list like either Boogie Nights or Almost Famous as not just one of their favorite films, but their favorite film. And neither of them were like won the Oscar for Best Picture or anything like that. No, yeah. Both films have amazing stay power. Um, Frances McDormand though actually talks about. I think it's her talks about Boogie Nights and it's like Boogie Nights is great. It's also the most depressing movie <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, whereas Almost Famous, again, I don't want to get too into that. Almost Famous is a very positive movie. Yes, like, yeah, there's some, yeah, down moments, but, like, it's still in the end of the day of Boogie Nights, like, they get together as, like, a family at the end, but they're still, it's still depressing. I can't wait to talk about uh, Almost Famous, because there's a lot of, a uh, the way, we'll just put it this way, the, Hoffman's behavior on set, and I'm not saying it was bad, but it was unique, came from the fact that he had almost exclusively worked with P.T. Anderson on big films. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, look, a naked child, Kyle. <laughs> That's still weird. Like, I don't... I know, like... At least we're not seeing it in the full shot, but, like... I get it. They have kids. Like, you, you pick that to do. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm not a parent, you know? 
Yeah, I guess. It, I mean, it just becomes like not as they're not. Not that it's a big as, deal, you know. No, but yeah, but it's not like in any way in the form of like sexualized. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's not something I often, frankly, ever see. You know, <laughs> since I was a child. Could you rock that hair, the Chris O'Donnell hair? No, that's I I I that would just make me sweat so. Much. <laughs> you don't already sweat even more. This is like get the information there. It, How yeah. blind is he? Was he always blind? You yeah. know. Um, it, it, sorry, continue. This isn't a period piece, right? No. Okay, so oh, I'm just trying to, like, so he served in Vietnam. I get confused, not that I confuse these movies, but, like, Dead Poet Society is a period piece, and it's, like, a similar, you know, prep school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But no, this is not a period piece. What period is? 50s. Okay. Or, like, 50s or 60s, Dead Poet Society. <laughs> oh, yeah, really, <laughs> this exchange. Or, no, it's with the library. He's so good, even at this young age. Yeah, he is young there. So if he was supposed to be like 53 this year, this is he's 23 in this movie. Wow. That's crazy. Um, there's something else I was going to mention in the... Who, uh... How many times over under? I'll give you an over under. Al Pacino says "hua" over under fifteen times in the movie. Over under? Yeah. Hmm, it's tough. I guess I'll say over. Under. He says it ten times. Oh, okay. It's very present. It's very, well, yes. If you want to talk about screen presence in a film, <laughs> I don't think there's a, a, a greater uh, you know example of it than this film. Al Pacino. Yeah. St- not that he's stealing the scene. It is his movie. But he is the largely the focus of everything. I love his smile. Often. <laughs> don't yell, Ben. Keep your voice down. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's another film that he has a significant role in early in his career? Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit later, it's little, it's but like not certainly later than this, but I'm saying later than what we were yeah. talking about, but that's a pretty big role for him. Freddie Miles. Tommy, 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 Tommy. I say that because this character and the Freddie Miles yes. character are similar to me. Yeah. If it was yeah, exactly. He has those Yuppie-ish <laughs> rolls. So many people I'm reading like said that they were offered the role of Frank Slade. Apparently, it was written for Jack Nicholson. I could see that, um, but Sylvester Stallone yeah. said he turned it down. I don't know if I buy that. 
It's just like, what, he was just like, yeah, I, I can't play another Vietnam guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just, uh, oh, I always forget this guy's name. The dad from Blank Check? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's his name, dad from Blank Check. But he's in a bunch of, isn't he in Independence Day? Yeah. Uh, but I'm but I'm not Jewish. Not everybody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I get the generals from Armageddon and the generals from in, uh, Independence Day confused sometimes. With the general, I'm sorry, from with, in, Armageddon, Armageddon and Independence, Independence Day. Day. Keith David is Armageddon. Yeah. And Robert Loggia is like the guy from Big. Yeah. Is like yeah, Independence Day, right? Yeah. Okay. I understand. They look very similar. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. <laughs> they literally play the same role in both movies. Like, and why don't you just use a nuke? And then, and then Keith Davidson just is taken over for like the Navy, right? Yeah. He's, he's like the voice of the Navy. Yeah, which is great. Keith David, I always love to play his like trajectory in my mind because he plays like just like a like a really country soldier in Platoon. I know. Again, <laughs> I, I know we've said this. Like, we hope he like. Worked his way up. Yeah, like, yeah. Same like, character. Like, <laughs> he got some dental work done, so he no longer has the gold tooth. All right, this is the big prank. This is the big prank. You were quite the prankster back in, uh... Yeah. Back in, back in uh, my high school. In my yeah. high school, yeah. Yeah, I have to cover this movie for high school. Oh, how do you think that you're not, like... Also, if you're a position of power, I, I hate to be a dick about it, but that guy would have totally been like, hey, custodian, take this off, you know? Yeah. And they got balls to just start clapping like that, right? Because he could be like, you're all done. <laughs> I forgot that this happened so early in the movie. Yeah. You know, and this ends up being the consequence two hours and a half later from him. <laughs> like, this is... It's so weird. Yeah, and this is all comes down to then his big speech is I. He's not going to rat anybody out. <laughs> <laughs> I really couldn't tell you, sir. He's so good. Yeah. You know, but at the same, you said it before, and I, 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 I get why you, you said, like, oh, like, you know, if you're watching this, you're going to, like, who's going to be the other Academy Award winner from this film or whatever? And I clearly, you know, like, hindsight, you know, we have a whole podcast about Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> yes. But every scene, like, I, I find, I love you, Chris O'Donnell. Uh, you are a part owner of Pisana in L.A. Good to know. Good to <laughs> But Philip Seymour Hoffman is, and I understand it's what's supposed to be happening in the scene. But he's just so much more riveting. To well, me. yes, he's stealing scenes for sure. Not yeah. in a, not in a nasty way. He's great. Yeah. Um, it's just I I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, it's a weird thing. I was gonna look up Chris O'Donnell's career. He has a show, right? Like one of the NCISs, and he's been on it for like ten years. So good for him. He's getting paid. Yeah, I think I think New Orleans. So that's cool because they shoot. Down Is it? There. I thought it was like the one with LL Cool J. Oh, maybe not. And that one's okay. in LA. I think. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah, I'm thinking of CSI. Oh yeah, that was that one was like Scott Bakula. <laughs> Quantum Leap. Yeah. 
Major League back to the minors. <laughs> I'll expel you both. In this, so, okay, I need to look up his, his name. Wow. He has done 262 episodes of NCIS Los Angeles. Damn. That's insane. So that's really like what he's known for. Like, good for him. Yeah, he good for him. Like... He deserves to get paid like that. He's even played that character on Hawaii Five O and American Dad, apparently. He was in Cats and Dogs, The Revenge of Kitty Galore. <laughs> he was in Fried Green Tomatoes movie I covered on Foodie Films. Cool. He was in Kit Kid Ridge and American Girl. Yeah, he wasn't doing much. Uh, he was in Kinsey. Kinsey was a movie that everyone thought was going to be like, oh, Oscar, Oscar. Liam Neeson, right? Yeah. yeah. And like, it just, oh, like, oh, Liam Neeson talks about sex. <laughs> I've got a very s- specific set of skills. <laughs> oh, he's in a movie I know you love. You said it's one of your top ten, Vertical Limit. <laughs> you used to be really into mountain climbing. If we, so, you know, who knows when we... We've already made it clear that we're not going to be doing every single Hoffman movie in a rewatch because some, again, it's not worth it for I just you. read a bunch that we won't be because he's yeah. not in the room. And also, if you guys can't get access to it, besides Schuler, Schuler we did for fun. Yeah, Schuler, um, Joey Breaker, Yearling, these are all like very hard to get, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but if we were going to do another round at some point of rewatches, uh, and I know I'm springing this to you on air. I would definitely want to do what the Cage Club guys did, Mike Manzi and Joey Lewandowski, the founders Who? of the network. Oh. <laughs> um, they, when they did the rewatches, they had played like a bingo game, and anytime something would appear, they, you know, they'd play against each other. I didn't want to do that for this rewatch, because every time I did that, I was too consumed with winning and not paying attention to the movie. Um, but if we ever did another round, that could be fun. That would be fun, yeah. Some kind of game, you know, people could play at home. He's so good with his mannerisms, and definitely in with those, still pick like the you know the bigger role films. Oh, maybe, for sure, maybe once sure. he's just even like a real solid lead in. Uh, and, but off the top of your head, you know, like what are things we see in a lot of Hoffman films? We've talked about this boats, right? Yeah. But you know, some are going to be obvious, like the boat that rocked or Pirate Radio. I know, same film that you're going to see the boat right away. Like, but you know, you might catch a boat here, but Ripley has a boat, you know. Maybe some kind of facial hair or glasses or something. Or... Yeah, Hoffman mustache, you know. Yeah, but the thing is, you have to say it as soon as you see it. Oh, no, that's not how it works. You just, once it's on there, it's a bingo board. So yeah, if you have it, yeah. you have it. So James Reebhorn is the, you know. Uh, oh, that's his name? Yeah. and The headmaster. I forgot here. he passed away back in 2014, oh. age 65. Oh, too young, too young. Um, but yeah, he plays like, oh, and he's, in, well, he's in Talented Mr. Ripley. We yes, of course. Um, he just always plays very, he plays very similar characters, I feel like. Sorry, just getting into this Hoffman scene here. You know, he's trying to be, get him on his side, sway him. Yeah, f- first you think, like, maybe he's, like, better than that other group of guys, mm-hmm. but then you just realize, like, oh, he's just totally, you know, like, Charlie mentioned it before, and he didn't give him the time of day about it in the library, but now he's tempting him with a sugar bush. <laughs> I wonder if Sugarbush, Vermont is a real place. I don't I don't uh, you know do the winter activities, but I guess I do frequent Vermont. I don't do the winter sports, but I'll do winter activities. I'm sorry, that's yes. what I that's what I'm more 
mountain activities, I guess. I should, or not even uh, that. Obviously, doesn't necessarily mean all sports. You'd hike. You, you'd do a mountain winter hike, no? Sugarbush Resort. Yeah, Warren, uh, Vermont. I wonder how far up that is. This is now the Vermont podcast. <laughs> oh, it's pretty far up there. It's um, it's south of Burlington, but... Good to know. <laughs> so, I mean, what other tropes do you think occur a lot in Hoffman films? I would say, I mean, he, he, I'd say an accent. You know, if he's putting on an accent that's different than his. But that gets a... We'd have to be clear of what that is. Like, you'd be like, oh, he has a New York accent right now. Can we, we say, like, a charismatic laugh? Because he definitely yes, does, Yes, a Hoffman right? laugh, A Hoffman laugh, you know. But he has to do it, not like someone in the background. Yeah. I would say another one that's good. Fellow Oscar winner. Yeah. You know? So if you had that, you would... Oh, Pacino's on screen. Or, uh, like or a, yeah, or a, um, like, collaborator of, you know, like... Multiple film. Yeah, multiple film, yeah. like multiple film co-star. Someone in Labyrinth, that'd be a cool square to get. What's that? Labyrinth Theater Company. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. I'm trying to think. Brian, have to remember, have wait, to... Wait, I need to remind myself. Brian, remember that when you're putting these boards together to listen to the Scent of a Woman episode yeah. so you don't forget things. <laughs> and we should listen to our uh, Hoffman Awards. True. All, all the, True. All those... Awards. Well, that we could look up, but yeah. Oh, yeah, we could, yeah. <laughs> Karen, oh boy. He never, I know he technically is in Charlie Wilson's war, but he never was like a soldier in anything, right? No. I don't count like, see, I mean, I do count CIA. I'm not like. T- technically, you know. I guess he's not a soldier, but he's in a war atmosphere in uh, Hunger Games. True, true. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if we really... Uh... I could just picture him, though, like, honestly, like, with, like, the helmet, you know? like. Yeah, I, I could definitely see him in, like, a... He, he really wasn't... Okay, so, like, I'm trying to think of period... Oh, technically, he was in Liberty, the American Revolution. True, and you know what? He's definitely in another war film we're not mentioning. Something we haven't done yet, but it's on the wheel of Hoffman. But he's not a soldier. Uh... But this is a very much a war film. <laughs> Not Mission Impossible. Um, What's tripping your mind is that of like you're thinking of a modern war. This is not a modern war. Oh yeah, <laughs> Cold Mountain. Cold Mountain. Yeah, yeah. that's do... that's his. I mean, well, no, but he's not even. He's not a soldier in it. Hmm. I'm trying like Cold Mountain and Late Quartet. I'm really looking forward to rewatching. Cold Mountain's long, and like, I get it, yeah. but I, I'm really into Civil War stuff, so... Charlie Wilson's War, I would say, is, th- like, that and Hunger Games are technically, like, the war ones he's, like, most involved in, like, a war aspect. Yes. Yeah. Touch me again, I'll kill you, you little son of a bitch. Jesus Christ. i touch you. But again, this movie, very much, like, the scores, very early 90s, you know, like, there's a lot of uh, beats that are more... Typical, you wouldn't really see them in a movie today. They would do it differently, which I'm not saying it's better or worse. 
It's just very different. I mean, this movie just really isn't getting made anymore. That's just one hundred percent no. One hundred percent no. Just don't uh, forget your know, pre story. Pre- yeah, stories of an old angry white man. <laughs> pre pre pandemic, these movies were really not like going into theaters and everything like that. You just if it if it was a true story, then it would be yeah. You know exactly. That's not to say that he's not doing a great job. She forgot. Vietnam guilt, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, all right, let's do it, whatever. And Pacino, unless I'm really, he was never in, oh, like of that, like didn't you? What? You're telling me that the Mafia Wars don't count? <laughs> okay, for I a mean, second, I, I thought you were really going to, like, I'm like, he's like, you know, he's not in like no, Deer okay, Hunter. Okay, he's so not... he was in a couple of war films, I'll say, but first of all. Michael Colleone comes back from the war and he's in the military. It's true, yeah. No, that's, that's, but he did yeah. this movie before The Patriot. Oh, I forgot what it's called. And it's like a Revolutionary War movie and it bombed. Ugh. It's terrible. Um, so technically he was in a war there. Uh, I don't want to touch the computer because I don't want to like ruin this podcast to look it up, but I'll see. I'll look it yeah. Pacino, Revolution. I like the oh. this, this music. Oh, <laughs> the brave! Why? I mean, not that I disagree with that. Can you can you see what airport that is? Isn't that Logan? Is it? I think so. Cause it looks like Newark to me. That's why I say that. Is Newark and Logan designed by the same architect? It's possible. I've never been to Logan. I have once when I I flew from Newark to Logan and then Logan to Iceland. It's called Revolution, the movie from 1985. <laughs> Donald Sutherland Al Pacino Revolution The film stars Pacino as a New York fur trapper who involuntarily gets involved in the Revolutionary War <laughs> I, I collect pills <laughs> Beavers Woodchucks It was a All the vomit. The director of Chariots of Fire. Oh, they totally thought. Oh, how they thought that was going to be like Oscar. $28 million, which it doesn't seem like a lot today. But at the time, 85, it's it's pretty significant. Wait, 85 or $85 million? You no, 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 no. 1985 oh. is the year. It's $28 million, yeah, 20, but it yeah. only made 358000 <sighs> You have Al Pacino in, as your lead? He 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 was what so year, upset. Eighty five. He was oh, so, so okay. So he was so upset with it that he took four years off <laughs> from acting in movies. Oh, then the sea of love. Crazy. Oh man, I want to watch Revolution. It's only rated PG. 
Great. A war movie that's on the rated PG. They say this was this film was Pacino's comeback from that. Like what a I mean, people well definitely um People, you know, really do hate on Godfather 3 sometimes. I I was going to say I love Godfather 3. I want to be clear. I don't love Godfather 3 like it's one of my favorite films, but it's not as bad as people think. No, you just can't compare it to 1 and 2. There's a big rumor, and I, I, I told Mike Manzi this, there's a big rumor that Coppola has been cutting a cut that he feels better about of Godfather 3, like he did with Apocalypse Now, hmm. like seven times. Interesting. <laughs> so I, I'm very curious about that. I know people have a nostalgia factor for... Um... Dick Tracy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but, but um, oh, the, Pacino was nominated, you know, twice in 92. He's up for Son of a Woman and Glare, Glenn Gary, Glenn mm, Ross. That, that was a sense. big year for him. Yeah. And we I get, guess it's come back, yeah. Then we get Carlito's Way, Heat, Donnie Brasco. Like, those are, you know. Yeah, this is his devil's advocate. Devil, Any Given Sunday. Simone. Insomnia. The Recruit that Bernard Chung still has your DVD of. He does. <laughs> High school story, sorry. Righteous Kill, one of your favorite films of all time. I love him in Ocean's 13. Oh, Villas? You... Okay. But you know what your favorite modern... Has album? that been covered on Third Time's a Charm? I don't know. He, I don't know. Michael Manzi. I'm sorry I don't know that answer. So since I don't, maybe you don't want me Text to be him. on the episode. But... Text him. Or call him. Let's get him on the air. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're not going to call him? No, I will. I got, no. Okay, good, good, good. Put him on speaker. Remind him that we're six feet apart. Yes. We'll leave a voicemail, maybe. Yes, Mr. Sims. Arthur's class. How much of the script do you think was just his lines, if you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to pick up either. Why aren't you picking up Michael? What are you doing? Silly boy. Michael Manzi, co-founder of the Cage Club Podcast Network, host of Cage Club, and watch the Thorough, Third Time's a Charm, of course. So, what's going on, Mike? I got a question for you. We're, we're, you're, you're on the air right now. Well, you're not on the air. I'm on the air talk, leaving a message for you. And we're watching, Brian and I are sitting six feet apart, so we're safe. And we're re-watching Scent of a Woman, of course, Pacino's Academy Award winning role. And then going through Pacino's IMDb, I was saying how much I love Ocean's 13. Have you covered that yet on Third Times of Charm? Call us back. And May... Uh, you could be the guest. May, 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 I, I could be the guest too. But. Yeah, may Brian and I be the guests on that. Thank you very much. Please call us back at... No, you, you know my number. <laughs> on air. <laughs> Not like it would matter. New York City. Great New York film if you think about it. Waldorf Astoria. I, I thought one like in a second run of podcast, one of them that I hypothesized doing was just new, like true New York films. Mm. But there were so many good ones that I was like, I'll be doing this forever. Yeah, what did I? Um, what was I just talking? I was saying it was such a snippet. Was it something just for foodie films? It must have been a scene because I haven't covered a New York movie. Something about, but it was just, it's such a specific, you know, like I love slices, specific times. Oh, for sure, for sure. 
Um, what I was going to say, though, is your favorite modern Pacino film has to be Jack and Jill. <laughs> I love that he's in it. And it's kind of back when he became like a bit of a joke again. But <laughs> no, the way, like, unfortunately, the way that like Cage has also become like, you know, like a joke. In, like, Which, a me- but our in brothers a- on Cage Club have no, proved you that know, wrong. You know, yeah. I would defend, I'll defend Cage to the end. I, I, he gives like him and Pacino. I think that they give every role, like everything they got, but they, you know, but they also take a lot and. Cage more than Pacino nowadays, reasonably so. Pacino's well into his 70s. Well, you know, one of my dream podcasts, too, and I know people have done both these things, but just, like, like I, I this is what I've wanted to do. Like, may, pick, we could pick a person, right? Like, maybe you and I do De Niro. Maybe Manzi and Joey do Pacino. And it's like the Heat podcast. But, like, we're just working our way to that when they meet in Heat, <laughs> you know? Like, they almost meet in The Godfather, but not really because they're in different eras. Yeah. But, like, we're working our way to heat. And fucking righteous kill. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, like, we're seeing... Like, they, you know how they do uh, Cruise Club and Hanks for the Memories? Yeah. It would be like that, but, like, we're almost like, what's going on on their show? What's going on on our show? We boom, 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 and we build to it. <laughs> That's too much. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whoop. Hello, Mike Manzi. Yo, am I live? Am I on the air? Well, yeah, you're on the air. It's not live, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> What's going on? I got, I got your message. So, uh, the Cage Club Network has covered Ocean's 13 on Cinemaker. Yes, for Soderbergh. Soderbergh. Yeah. Yes, but I have not gotten there yet on Third Time's a Charm, and I believe, I would, I would love to squeak you guys in there before the end of its run. Yeah, that's. Uh, yeah. I, I will even if you would allow, like to take some uh, food off of your plate. A little, little food pun right there. I would even edit that episode for you if you wanted me to, <laughs> so that you could be out there because I would love to have that conversation. Mike, if that's an option, then I, I want to do Ragnarok, and I'll edit that for you because I really want to talk Ragnarok. <laughs> I know you don't do the MCU anymore, but I love Ragnarok. Let's do it soon. Let's do it soon. Let's get our Pacino impressions on point. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you the Kool-Aid man or Pacino? No, but that's like, he's gone back up again. He started out up here. Yeah, exactly. Here. But now in, he's back up here again. In the beginning, his guys were like Mark. No, I'm looking at Anna Sandler. Michael. Now, exactly. <laughs> oh, we were just saying how that's like Brian was saying out of his modern films, that's my favorite. <laughs> Maybe my favorite. I don't know. That's like my. That's my favorite. One of in like top five people playing themselves in a movie cameo kind of role. It's more than a cameo because it is multiple scenes. But you know what I mean. Yeah, that'd be an interesting list. It's like Michael Jordan in uh, Space Jam. In, uh, Space Jam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow. those guys. Playing versions of themselves. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I got your message. Just wanted to get back to you as soon as possible. You want to you wanna plug your shows while yeah. you're on the air now? Oh, sure. So, um, you know, go to cageclub.me. Uh, you can check out Cage Club. Then there's Watch the Throne, Keanu Club, Tom Tom. Uh, what the hell is that called? Tom Tom Club? <laughs> <laughs> well, both of them are, yeah. Cruise Club and Hanks for the Memories, then Third Time's a Charm, and then I'm over on a high school slumber party a whole lot, sleeping over Brian's house all 
Yeah, you you were on uh, this episode that came out this Friday, which was Society. But I have a question. As I look at the calendar, this episode drops on the 3rd. You have to have an episode dropping on the 3rd. What episodes are going to be? The, the 3rd of August? Yeah, it's coming up. It's this Monday. So it's, it's finally the Day of the Dead episode. Nice. So I'm on that one. edit all of your other... Um... <laughs> All my other appearances accordingly that have not been uh, released yet. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for that Day of the Dead, Romero. Exactly, lots of lots of zombies eating brains. There's, uh, famous foodie film scenes in there, Kyle. Ooh, people, yeah. Uh, zombies eating brains and stuff. So it'd be other lots of cannibalism, I think. And then eventually, I, we, we should uh, just we, we, we need to bang out four films. You, me, and Brian for foodie films. Which is the trip series? Yes. Which you, oh, which, that's right. which you I could. Seen the new one. Yeah, me neither. I've been kind of like I kind of want to save it for like when I watch it for the podcast. But maybe even what it's trip to Spain as the third one. So maybe we could do like a joint thing and we just release the same episode or something. Oh yeah, that's right. We should we should definitely cross over, Mister Bond. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I know you're gonna do it. You, you might you might be on the fence about it, but you're gonna have your Jordan Belfer moment with the Third Times a Charm. Oh, you're I not mean, going anywhere. Come on. I've been I've been teasing it. I've been calling I've been calling the cancellation a rumor from the beginning. <laughs> I don't know who started that filthy filthy rumor, but uh, it's out there and it's being fueled by fanatics at the time. And uh, and Kyle, I'm also sorry I didn't have you on for my Meatballs three episode. Um, I just you know. It slipped my mind. It has nothing to do with food. It's That's why. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. It would have been on brand. I would have just. I would have just. I should have just been eating like a meatball sub the whole time and just <laughs> with food in my mouth or something. You get a shout out and and, uh, and all that kind of thing. So thank you. you. Know, we're thinking of you. <laughs> oh, they're getting to the, the. This is the famous bread scene in Sunday when we got to have the bread, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> food scene. Well, Mike, it was a pleasure. That thank you for calling us back and. Yeah. Giving us some plugs and clarification. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys soon. Yep. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. That was fun. That was fun. I love with with the goodness of subtitles. I caught Charlie saying like the Waldorf Waldorf Waldor, boy Waldorf Astoria Hotel is a twenty four dollar burger like place. It's like that's. Not, I mean, look, like, that's not like that's still not like a great. Pr- price but that's not insane like at the time this movie came out it's probably like oh my it's like a 50 dollar burger yeah at the time this movie came out yeah that's those crazy like dry age burgers you'll be paying for now i lied calm down calm down how does he keep his hair so perfect chris o'donnell <laughs> that's just that you know uh, he, he, it seems very thick so like once he just like comes in that one, I have loose wavy hair. I have thick hair, but I don't have it uh, in that. Uh, wait, what do you call that? Not even texture, like. No, but uh, like. I don't know. Direction? That's not direct. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not his hair is straighter. It's not straight, but it's straighter than mine. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe. Well, now we just uh, did it live attended, or I'm sorry, not live attended. Virtually attended John Harden's wedding. Yes, former and, guest of this podcast, your yes. podcast, my podcast. And guest of our hearts. Yes, of our hardens. <laughs> but 
his hair is very long now. I said he looks like a mustacheless Edgar Allan. <laughs> but I um, think at a certain point, it, he could kind of pull off that. Yeah. Yeah. What did uh, another guest of our podcast, Wit Leyenberger, he was on, what was he on? Synecdoche, New York, and Twister. You said it right. Oh, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's called it, oh, he compared him to like a headmaster in uh, Charles Dickens' times. <laughs> 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 and yeah, and the, yeah, that was. That was, that was you, see, you see, you guys probably notice now the difference in conversation. Please, I, I want to back up for a second. Please still wear masks. Please still social distance. We're six feet apart. We're being safe. But you can't really compare. <coughs> stop, sorry, stop, sorry, stop. Sorry, Don't joke sorry, around about coronavirus. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you I'm sorry, are, you are an asthmatic. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are of the susceptible. Crowd here, don't make fun of it. No, but I'm saying, like, we've all been craving, we've all been missing in person conversation. You just get better banter that way. That doesn't mean die for it, you know. But eventually, when we can all hang out again and be cool, we both also live with um, um, essential, essential workers. workers. Thank you. So, we're in the line of fire anyway. Yeah, um, this is our war movie. <laughs> come on, okay. <laughs> Good thing no one listens to this show. <laughs> um, yeah, you must be foaming at the mouth here, all these foodie scenes. Yeah. You could cover this. Maybe this wasn't the bread scene. Because isn't, isn't the bread scene kind of... The it's the one where he's like, the tango. like, bread, bread, I lost my hand, I lost my bread. Yeah, I was like, People have been shitting on Moonstruck a lot lately. Why? It's because the first time someone sees Moonstruck, if they don't get it, they don't get it, you know? You kind of need to be like, this is a parody. This is, like, not to be taken 100% seriously. This is turned up to a different level. Because I've, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, oh, this movie's shit, I don't yeah. understand but it. But then that's also, while it is, uh, like, like, satire, parody. Satire, yes. Like, satire is better, but not parody. Yeah. So, while it is a satire, that's one of those things that then, like, Italians watch and go, like, this is what it's really like. <laughs> No comment. We're not going to get into your... Uh, Same uh, thing happens with like the Sopranos and everything like that. And Scent of a Woman. Proud Italian-American actor here winning an Oscar. <laughs> I think he's Italian in the movie, too. There's a Rossi family. This, wait. This? Yeah, that's what he said. There was they, like, oh, like I was on the Rossi family. or The lady said that was her last name. Isn't he he's slayed? I know, but like I was this, maybe the husband is or something. Oh, okay. You know, maybe I'm thinking maybe he's part Italian. Like they're working that in, like how uh, Jesse Katzopoulos. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was even thinking like Greeks like to do that. It's not like racism because like Kojak famously like put a lot of Greek things into his. Not Telly Savalas is his name, obviously, but he made Kojak a very Greek. Yeah, representation. I get it. I just noticed that like. This is so weird, but like Chris O'Donnell has really connected your lobes, <laughs> right? Yeah, He's like I, completely. I, I, yeah, I, I've got big old ears. I got big Tommy Lee Jones ears. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones has very big ears. If you're curious. Well, when you said big Tommy Lee Jones ears, I, I, I thought felt... that was a giveaway, but I just wanted to make sure that. Uh... Good morning, Charlie. Sorry. Oh, those are not comfortable to sleep on. Those kind no. of couches. They're like fancy, but they're not comfortable. He has a suite, and there's no like other bed or like a rollaway bed or like something. 
I wish we had a trolley of assorted goodies here. I'm sorry, I really don't have anything. <laughs> no. beers for you. Even even if you did, I don't know if uh, the Hoff fans out there would appreciate us chewing on things during the podcast. Though there was a podcast for a time on the Cage Club Podcast Network hosted by Caragel O'Regan and Jordan Pullen-Clark. What am I chewing? Very fun. I was on an episode. I... In- I I, re- I really enjoyed it. Great concept, but yeah, it got to a point that like after a while, listen to someone chew. <laughs> Even if it was like myself, you know, I like was chewing and then editing something, listening to myself chewing. It's just not to me. That's that's something that bothers me. You're not into like ASMR for certain things, sure. Not chewing though. Certain things like people. Oh, no, I think you meant, like, possibly X-rated things. You're into the ASMR. No. <laughs> right now, Jarvis dialed the phone in phrase. Is someone playing music loud? <laughs> I mean, someone's, like, I think, like, parked outside oh, okay. waiting for somebody. So apologies, cars, guys, if the yeah. music bleeds through. So we have an hour and 45 minutes left to the film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good movie. It's a good movie, but it's not one you talk through, and that's why. <laughs> yeah. White powder odds. What? I don't think it's cocaine, Kyle. <laughs> no, that's what I was going to say. It's our main man. He's talking. See no evil, hear no evil. Sounds like a movie Pacino would be in. Isn't that a movie with uh, Gene Wilder and uh, what's his name, Richard Pryor? Isn't it something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. I think Gene Wilder's deaf. Yeah, and Richard Pryor. Pryor is I know Richard Pry- Pryor is blind because he famously doesn't know he's black, and then he finds out he's black in the movie. He's like, I'm black. No, no, I'm black. Like it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> With the uh, late Carl Reiner passing away recently, I rewatched The Jerk, and that's like Steve Martin in the beginning. Like, I grew up a poor black kid in the South. (laughs) (laughs) Who was I talking with? We were talking like... Prego. (laughs) Was it with you? No, it couldn't have been with you. We wouldn't be talking about this. I was talking with someone about Good-looking male comedians. I don't know who I've been with. Good-looking male comedians. There's not that many. And someone said, like, Steve Martin, probably. Like, he's looked the same age forever. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, like, he's probably one of the better-looking male comedians. He's not, like, like, the hottest guy in the world. I'm not saying that, but, like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not... Dave Chappelle's gotten better looking. Like he's just, he's like bolt up and he's like less like kind of like less goofy looking. <laughs> yeah, that is true. He's yeah, not like yeah. He doesn't look like a you know. Yeah, he looks better now, but you know you just don't see it a lot. Like comedian, that's the whole thing. Like I'm also just like that. Like I'm now trying to like just think and like yeah. Well, like the thing is, like I think we, me and this person were talking. God, I wish I remember who I was talking with. It was like you know, are good looking comedians discriminated against because. Let's be honest, you, you, I, not me and you, theoretically, but let's say we're comedians and 
and we're in our circle and we're like holding court among well, all the I couldn't comedians. be because I'm too good looking. <laughs> but like, you know, like a, a Ken doll guy walks in. Yeah. You know those comedians are talking shit. Oh, talking shit, ripping them apart. To, like, yeah, you have to be really funny. Yeah. To like, yeah. You almost have to overcompensate your good looks. <laughs> and you can't use that as like you can't be like yeah so I get laid a lot like people want like yeah no one wants it like, like not people like, like self-deprecating yeah comedians. exactly yeah, no exactly. one likes like oh I, I'm the best yeah. at getting made really good money and it's gotten me a lot of places <laughs> unless you play it off in such a way like almost like a Norm Macdonald way yeah or it's like your character like your Bobcat character yeah or like Arr! Judah Freelander being like the best like, <laughs> but like it works for him because he's very schlubby looking <laughs> You know what is so unique about this film compared to films today? What's that? A lot of long scenes. Have you noticed that? Yeah. How many long, long this scenes? This has a are play there? quality. It does. It does. But you have like 10, 15 minute long scenes. And this will be a perfect time to remind you yet again another episode where we didn't listen to the previous episode. So <laughs> if you t- took Brian's well, that's fine. advice, I would never listen to this. <laughs> if you took Brian's advice of uh, you know truly like going back and listening to us talk about that uh, the movie in that episode, listen to this music though. What is with this music? I love it. I like it. Mm-mm. No, not for you. It's good for the time. That's like if I'm making a movie today, that's not the music I use. I like like lo-fi Trent Reznor. <laughs> Look, it's your boy. You're into the West Wing. Oh yeah. You're I also forgot. into denim shirts. I'm not. <laughs> I almost said Bradley Cooper, Bradley Whitmore, right? Whitford. Whitford. Fuck. <laughs> he's he's just such. I want I want you to answer this question honestly. We know that you have a girlfriend now. She likes the West Wing. Does she find him attractive? No. No? No. I don't know if we ever discussed that who she finds. You're not like, you don't think he's hot when you're watching something? I don't ask that of my my wife because I know. I don't know what type. Maybe we should lower. Guys, if you're hearing it, I apologize. But suddenly, well, yeah, I feel yeah, like the movie got a lot louder. Yeah, I know a little bit. He's Pacino. He's and Pacino. that's his son? He's Pacinoing. That's his son? What, that's his brother. That's his brother, okay. Yeah. I, I forgot. He lives with his, right? Mr. Softy Truck. But because so what's uh what's his last name, Pacino? Slade. It's Colonel Slade. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. But didn't he say Prego? She, I think. Well, yeah, I think because she the is this Lauren Michaels, by the way? Because <laughs> the seamstress was Italian, oh. and so he's just being flirtatious. And I think you know. (laughs) 
Oh, it's law. That's what now it's coming. Like she's also. Um, I was rewatching West Wing. Yeah, and she's rewatching Lost, and I am stunned every time. Uh, I think his name is Josh Holloway uh, uh, Sawyer. Uh, yeah, is on okay. screen. Uh, I'm just like, how are you not in love with him? She's not attracted to him. I'm very attracted to him. That's interesting. I don't know. I, I don't like. I, I or, I'm sorry. I'm not very attracted. I think he's a very attractive. No, I know. I know what you meant. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. I mean, not, I'm not. I'm not in that camp. I don't think Lost had very attractive people. Well, yeah, so we're just saying out of, like, out of, you've got Matthew Fox and then uh, Daniel... Day-Lewis. Yeah, exactly. Daniel, I think he uses a middle initial, but, or is it Daniel Day-Kim? Is that his... I don't know. I wasn't a Lost guy. I know you and you and Lewandowski were big on the Lost, but you should do a Lost Joey, podcast together. Yeah, Joey, do, who, which, oh my which... God. Look, I don't care about Lost. I don't have any interest in watching Lost. If you did a Lost podcast with Joey, I'm all in. <laughs> Joey, which male uh, lost character do you f- think is the most attractive? And Joey, I know you listen to these on very fast motion, so Kyle, say it very slow. Joey. <laughs> Credit which card. Credit card. You, you got, got it. it. <laughs> Another classic New York. Classic New York movie. Right Obviously, on. it's called Lost in New York. Classic hotel movie. Yeah. Like this movie. Is that our next hotel movies? <laughs> I just I just recently covered Grand Budapest. Grand Budapest. Dunstan checks in. A yeah. movie you like. This movie. Home Alone 2. Lost in New York. A lot of good hotel movies. <laughs> but Joey. <laughs> you do that. I'm going to get the next beer. No, no, no. That's okay. Tell him. He needs to know. Joey. Which male lost character... Do you find or just think is the most attractive? I almost forgot that I was supposed to say that slow. Ooh. Oh, I gotta, I gotta grab a oh, glass. My apologies. I do have a question about this movie that I need to ask you. Oh, he called her Gloria. Her name's Gail. <laughs> he keeps doing that. He is, a, I mean, he is a jackass. Of course, but like, at the time, like, oh, it's endearing now. Like, if he was in your family, you would not like him. So, question for you, related to the movie. Shoot. What is your preferred scent of a woman? <sighs> Chanel number five. Dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. Yeah. You know, we are not in a generation where, maybe just us, I don't know, but like, where perfume and cologne is a big deal, you know? There was an an age where like a woman had a scent that she would always wear, and a man had a scent he would always wear. Yeah, I mean, like there's, unfortunately with men, there was like the axe like kind of had its... The axe revolution ruined... uh, (laughs) Acts in the Revolution. <laughs> um, I was watching a bunch of Prince videos on loop. Well, I just had it on YouTube, and mm-hmm. I forgot that he did like one of the Batman soundtracks. Yeah, for I just totally forgot the first one. Is it the first one? And he has... then there's the song in the parade in the movie. That the yes, but he's got it. a couple from that, and a couple videos from it. There's Bat Dance, 
and also a song called Dance Man. Ooh. How long are these scenes? I'm not complaining, but when you like put them into perspective. Yeah, I mean, and you would. Uh, this definitely has to be a, a movie for uh, Bradley Whitford that got him also some, you know, I think some recognition. Yeah, I mean, but he was in stuff before. Like, he was in, uh, we just covered a film with him in High School Slum Party Adventures and Babysitting. Yeah. Um, Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Uh... But I'm just saying, like, this is, I think any movie that, okay, while he wasn't an Academy Award winner at this point, obviously Pacino is Pacino, you know. Well, Bradley Whitford. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were saying was an Academy Award winner at this point. Like, what, when, when did he win? No, no. So, uh, so point being that any time you know, like people are going to go see this film because Pacino's in it, it gets Academy Award nominations. So, any scene that an actor gets to go like toe to toe with them, that's great for them. Good point. Good point. Great for their career. You know, it just reminds me. There was this show. Um, that I th- how, how long did it run? Let me see. Only one season. Aaron Sorkin. Um, have you ever seen the season of Studio 60 and the Sunset Strip? No. Studio 60 and the Sunset Strip was, again, an Aaron Sorkin show that everyone thought was going to be a huge hit. I've never seen it. People today say it's great. But it just wasn't popular. It came out right after Friends, almost. Mm. Um, because it has Matthew Perry as a star. It's Matthew Perry, Amanda Peet. Wait, what year is this? 2006. Oh, that's interesting because, I mean, I think... No, this is still... It was early enough in West Wing. Matthew Perry becomes, like, the one of the White House's attorneys. And has, like, a three, four episode... Yeah, but doesn't West Wing end in 2006? In 2005. So I'm just saying oh. he, he has a relationship with Aaron Sorkin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. So this is both post-Friends yeah. and post-West Wing. Bradley Whitford is in the show. That's why I mention it. So I was like, oh, my God, you got Bradley Whitford post-West Wing. Sorry, intense moment, I know. But not a Hoffman moment, whatever. You have Bradley Whitford post-West Wing. Matthew Perry post-Friends. Amanda Peet, who's really hot in 2006. Just not 2006. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Beautiful eyebrows. I. I uh, love her. You still haven't watched any of Brockmire yet, right? Uh, I, I got to do it. I, I've seen some of it, but I got to do it. I got to like really do it. But you know who else? D.L. Hughley was in the show? Sarah Paulson. Who's and, huge now. Now, yes. By yeah, the time I'm, still. I'm just saying. And a guy I really like, Stephen Weber from Wings. But you've seen him and stuff. Have I? Yeah, definitely. He's in a... I bet you there's a film that you've definitely seen him in. But he's great. I love Steven Weber. Regardless, you would think that... And again, it, the show like was critically acclaimed. Just no one watched it. Wings is a great show. Because I know you've seen... Well, we are off topic this episode, but whatever. We're having fun. <laughs> I know you've seen Frasier. I know you've seen Cheers. Yeah. So for you not to have seen Wings is a travesty. No, because it's in the same universe. I understand. Wings is great. Netflix used to have all these shows, and then, like, you know, companies started getting selfish. Because they used to have Coach, too. Coach is a really good show. Craig T. Nelson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Wings and Coach are like the same era in my mind. Do you like the Butcher or the Duff Beer glass? Give me the Butcher. I'm not a big Simpsons. I don't hate the Simpsons, but I didn't grow up in the Simpsons like most yeah. most of white America. Bill the Butcher. This is a kill. This is a bull. <laughs> God, that couch looks so uncomfortable. You're you you've slept a good amount of time on the couch. Not in your own home, I'm saying. <laughs> I sleep on the couch a lot. a lot. I sleep on the couch a lot because I edit late night and I uh, don't want to wake up my wife. But, you know, in your like fraternity days, I'm sure you slept on a lot of couches. What are the most... No. No, you're not a couch sleeper? You've never slept on a couch? No, I'm just saying my fraternity days. Okay, so your, I don't know, your youth. God, uh, Mr. Softies. Uh, he's close now. He's so close. He used to pull up right in front, and he doesn't anymore. Why not? Because uh, I get. A good, I mean, now. But he I used to pull up in front for you. No. Oh. <laughs> there was. I think a, my upstairs neighbors. Like there was a kid that used to come, and they were oh, they, gotcha. they were away during the pandemic. So I think he gotcha. kind of went like, "I'm not stopping here anymore." Gotcha. Maybe he was like just on the other corner. I think it was the other corner. But anyway, what were we saying? Um, I'm saying like what like you know what's a comfortable couch to sleep on and what's not. Yeah. You know what? You know what plays a Oof. big part. Even Oof. just wait a gun, a gun's on screen. <laughs> you know what makes a big difference in just even like comfortability to sleep on a couch? It's not the cushions, a woman. the depth of the, the scent of a woman. No, okay, yes, no. The depth of the couch is huge, huge. Cushions only do so much, but if it's if it's shallow and if it's shallow and hard. Yeah. You know, it's not a good sleep. How fast can you put together a gun? Hmm, about 25 seconds. <laughs> You're a little better than the colonel. Yeah. I honestly don't think I've ever held a real gun. Really? I'm trying. No, I have. I have. No, that's honestly, and that's a good thing because that'd be very scary because you'd be like. I am clumsy. You'd be like Jonah Hill in. Um, <laughs> Uh, is what's oh what's the um? It's not. When is that the end? This I was gonna say end. when is that cat scan uh, scheduled yeah, for right? Kyle? Because no, because it was supposed to be World's End, and then Edgar Wright asked them, and then it became This is the End. So Jonah Hill and I is like bang bang, <laughs> just like being very. Or I, I think more um, <laughs> semi pro. Where they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I know you slept with Mrs. Pepperfield. Yeah. <laughs> We're laughing because it's not true. Did you just call me a JT. Yeah. <laughs> um, no man, I called you a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. Underrated movie. Underrated movie. What were you saying? Oh, I have held a gun before because Mike, when we got out of college, used to host a lot of parties at his grandparents' house. Spoiler, not spoiler alert, but sorry, grandparents, if you listen to it. Remember he saw those parties and uh, his grandfather had a huge gun rack, like hunting rifles, yeah. you know. But we, we always used to joke, one of these is loaded, because why wouldn't you keep one loaded yeah. just in case something happened? Because he had five of them. So we used to point them at each other and joke around. and Probably not a good idea. I no! Not, I I'm so glad that. I wasn't there for these. Situations. You were there for some of these parties. I, not for a gun situation. I do not. You definitely were. You definitely were there. I never saw anyone holding guns at those parties. 
our gunplay parties. You're yeah. making it seem like it wasn't that crazy. These were hunting rifles. Those you, are you can't die from just... a hunting rifle. I'm just joking. <laughs> you're acting low like we were just like in, in outside. I don't like, know. You're describing them to me. Like like with Uzis. Like, oh, let's have fun. You know. You said pointing at one another. I never held the trigger. Never held the trigger. Okay, well, that's good. But still, I was I, like, I was around somebody one time that was like, kind of like holding on, like, can you please not point that anywhere in my direction? It's just a very unsettling, unnerving feeling. Even, 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 if, even if they went and did, even if it was like the most obvious, like it was a revolver and no, you saw there were no bolts. If someone was holding a real gun to, it, kind of in my direction, it makes me feel incredibly uncomfortable. You get, you feel nervous when the barrel of a gun is pointed at you? I'm surprised. It's like an empty one. That's still like just a scary feeling. Yeah, it should be. Guns kill. Yeah. Wait. Oh, yeah. This is his speech. Wants to tear a herring with me anymore. Yes, point is, we're joking around, but this is an intense scene. It's a scary scene. One out of the chamber. What is his accent supposed to be? I don't know. I guarantee the character, like in the book, was one thing, and he kind of modified it to himself, which is fine. I'm not criticizing him, but like I know, I by me doing my horrible like imitation of it, I make it very like Southern crawfish kind of man, but it has that quality to it. It no, it certainly is a Southern accent. There's no way it's not. Is he like he was he in the military down there for a long time? Like kind of a base down there or something? I don't know. Well, I would say you don't pick it up, but we have mutual friends who've lived in the South for a couple of years. I, I admittingly would be one of them. <laughs> I could see it because it's more fun, and that's why. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I would not do it out you of like, no, a you would be like, factor. oh, we're going to get those crawdads. <laughs> if you move to New Orleans, like, but Kyle, are you? Yeah. <laughs> Because it's not one. Yeah, I mean. So, here were the top five to get the role that Chris O'Donnell won. Um, so, DiCaprio was in the running, but he actually wasn't in the top five. Oh. This actor called Randall Bantenkoff is? I've never even heard of him. It's because he wasn't in this movie. He's in School Ties and Higher Learning. I should know that. Um, but Anthony Rapp, who... It was also on Adventures of Babysitting, but Brendan Fraser, and then supposedly Ben Affleck. He's and Matt in, Damon. What's his? You covered it. Isn't he part of an ensemble of a of a school movie? I think he's in School Ties. I haven't covered it, but I mean, we did we did Encino Man, but no, oh, he's in School, school Ties. ties yeah, but I haven't covered it. it yet. Okay, that's like a prep school thing. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. A sports prep school thing. Chris Rock apparently auditioned for the role. 
I could not see that. It's not because he's black. I'm not saying that, but like he's a comedian, you know? What yeah, I mean? but like, he'd be like, 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 like with when Slade's getting on his case, he'd yeah. be like, shut up, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the Chris Rock we know, though, it would be so much cooler played by a person of color, you know, at this school. Getting oh, kicked yeah. out. Yeah, well, blank. if this movie was remade today, that's what it would be. Yeah, I mean, that's actually, like, I like the subplot of that. So I'm that's, not criticizing that part. What's I'm the, criticizing Chris Rock, because I can't see him being, like... What's the... Is that Finding Forrester? Is that a... That, is that's the, Chris Rock, yes. No. <laughs> that it's, like, a that's young film. Yeah. African-American man that's, like, in... Uh, yeah, like yeah. A, young black inner cities guy with, like... Worlds of potential, but he doesn't apply himself in it. And uh, Sean Connery, one of his last films, is like his mentor. Is the dance scene coming up? Because that's like to me the most famous scene. One yeah, that's time. definitely sooner than later. Yeah. And that's um, actors from one of my favorite. Uh, if there's only two movies, can you call it a series? What defines a movie series? No, I don't think you call okay. it a series. I think you just call it. There was almost maybe. a third one. So what? Was Father of the Bride. Oh. Oh, yeah. Um, another New York film that's like people don't really remember I feel like that's mm-hmm. at least great for the time I haven't seen in a while is Arthur the original Arthur not the freaking <laughs> oh, uh, Russell Brand Russell Arthur Brand, yeah. yeah like the Dudley Moore Arthur with Liza Minnelli yeah one I'm reading like uh, criticisms of the time one of the criticisms is that this movie is way too long even at the time so it's not just us now. Double Jerry Daniels on the rocks. If he's someone like he's doing this like higher society stuff, he should be like drinking something a little better than Jack Daniels. Yeah, but we are such in such a different era right now. Johnny Walker was still like that was fair. But or just even like you know, like there I'm wasn't craft that, shit like you either drank well stuff or brand name stuff. No, I understand, but even like whiskey, like uh, I, I would assume he'd be drinking scotch, not whiskey, not Tennessee whiskey. He's southern, yeah, and it's sour mash. It's not technically whiskey. You should know that, Mister uh, Mister Beverage Time. <laughs> right. I just know it's a relative what it says of whiskey on the bottle. It says that. It says Tennessee whiskey? Yeah. Let's see. I know it's not legally whiskey because of some like stipulation, but I, I don't remember what the bottle looks like. I do not. Yeah, it does say Tennessee whiskey, you're right. But it also says sour mash. Ah, because you have to legally say what it is in the bottle. Look up a bottle. It's funny. I didn't even realize it says sour mash. I just knew that from like trivia. Zoom in on the bottle. You'll never get Like You'll be like, oh my God. I haven't drank Jack Daniels <sighs> since I was 20. I, 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 I betrayed me hard. <laughs> I've never drank Jack Daniels straight. I can say that. I've drank some Jack Daniels. Never drank a shot of Jack Daniels? No. 
Uh, unless I don't remember it. <laughs> Which was exactly what Jack would do. A real fucking asshole. <laughs> Alright, this is the... This is a key scene. Oh yeah, sour mash between the... See, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, Jack... I mean, Jack and, Jack and Ginger, Jack and Coke. I used to... But I remember you drinking them, like... When you were young. Not young, you know. But we weren't really hanging out during college, so I don't really necessarily remember that. Early on? Early on, like right after? I was still drinking on them? I, no, I was, at that point, no, I was Captain Ginger. <laughs> I was like Malibu and Coke. Like, that was like my... <laughs> cra- there were, we didn't have the uh, artisanal craft revolution yet. So this is the bride? It is, yeah. And she was on that, um, what's the Jim Belushi TV show? According to Jim? Yeah. She was the wife? Sister-in-law. Oh. Wait. What? I'm really, like, second-guessing myself right now. Like, is that a woman that just looks very much like? I don't know. You tell me. You're the father of the bride expert. I love those two movies. Yeah, it is. Okay, I'm not going to go look. <laughs> no, look it up. We need to know. What's her name? She looks just like her, but we need her name for the credits. Father of the bride. Her name is Kimberly... Williams Paisley. Uh, for the time, maybe she was Kimberly Williams. Uh, but let's see. Was she married to Brad Paisley? That's the only Paisley I know. And that I'm not sure who that is, but I think he's a country singer. Yeah, it sounds like right. Wait, Brad? Yeah, Brad Paisley. Yeah, <laughs> that's not the one who's in the Peyton Manning commercials, or is it? Because you know that country singer. Wait, wait a minute. It's not her. <laughs> who is? Wait. The- who the who are you? Who, who are, is who? the woman in scent of a woman? I'll just I'll just scroll also through. Gabrielle Anwar. Yes, Gabrielle Anwar. That's not her. Oh, she's in the Tudors. My wife watches the or she used to love the Tudors, so that's not her. She's wow, she's British. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Wow. You're like, I'm so convinced. Look at her right there. Look at, look at. Look. I get it. They're similar looking features, but I think you're just racist against white people and think they all look the same. White people. <laughs> you know what? You know what's a great movie she's in? With Chris O'Donnell? The Three Musketeers. She plays Queen Anne in that film. <laughs> yes, she, they, wow. Okay. Wow, she worked. She would do like three or four movies a year. She was in the movie John Doe. I know you've seen that. Crazy Eights. She has been married to Brad Paisley since March 15th, 2003. Not this one, but the one from Father of the Bride. Wow. And that's the guy in the Peyton Manning commercials, or no? Am I crazy? You've seen those, like, nationwide. No, I know, but I have no idea who. Let's see, Brad Paisley. Yeah, it's him. Okay. Brad Paisley, Peyton Manning. That's, That's the only reason I know him. I'm like... I've looked up like who's this? Sorry, we're so sorry, we're so northern. Ooh, Kim- Kimberly is getting that nationwide money. Damn. <laughs> but like, I'm always like, who's this cowboy that Peyton Manning talks to in these commercials? 
and it's him because I looked it up once. It's funny that we're like in this region, we're so far removed from country music that I guarantee you and I are. No, I know there's some people who like it, trust me, but like it's not. There are places in this country, no pun intended, there are places in this nation that they could probably name you 10 Brad Paisley songs and not even be a fan, you know? Yeah. And that's not true here. Classic, a uh, classic dance scene. No, if you said, like, Paisley to me, I'd be like, the, the, the pattern? The pa- Paisley, the pa- Paisley uh, <laughs> palette. What? Please, what's Prince's home? Paisley Palace? Something like that? Oh, yeah. Paisley Place? Paisley Park. Here we go, Brian. And Kyle, I'm actually going to use the bathroom, and I want you to narrate this yourself for the Hoff fans out there. What's happening in this dance scene and the, uh, the sense that he is scenting right now. <laughs> So they're in. Wait, I want all five senses described right now. Oh, five senses. Touch. <laughs> I didn't think I would stump you with that. Touch, taste, sight, hearing. Really? You don't know the fifth? I said touch, taste, sight, hearing. What's the name of the movie? Scent. <laughs> So they're dancing the tango right now, and it's very impressive. I got to see some, uh, well, not tango. So some flamenco in Barcelona last summer. I won't say Barcelona because Barcelonians, do I say it? They, they, they say that they don't say it like that. And I wasn't hearing a bunch of people saying it like that. But maybe I wasn't meeting a lot of true Barcelonians. Barcelonians. But anyway, that's flamenco, not tango. Ooh. I love that song. Boom, 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 boom. He's just, you see how Colonel Slade used to slay. He just, he lost his confidence with... The loss of his sight. So I think the only thing he's this is he's very much the only scent or sense I think he's truly using right now is touch. Maybe then scent, but he's not tasting. He's definitely not seeing. I would say he's hearing the music. Oh, and hearing, yeah, of course, yeah, hearing is a big part. Yeah, hearing, touch, and then scent. No taste, no sight. Did, he, did I miss the bread? Were we talking over the bread before? Probably. Damn it. Cover it on your show, Foodie Films. Oh, Frank Slade. Look at that hair. We have an hour and 20 minutes left. <laughs> <sighs> it's, again, like... I don't hate this movie. I actually like this movie. No, but, but when it's you're... definitely too long. Also, I, I even if I was alone, I think it's too long. I'm in favor of a short movie, not short, but. Mm-hmm. So uh, on my podcast, Kyle, you'll know this because you I had you comment on the first one, but 
The Kissing Booth 2 came out, a fa- famous Netflix. Oh, it came out already? Wow. Yes. They already shot Kissing Booth 3. They secretly shot them back to back. But Kissing Booth 2 came out. Thank God they did it secretly. <laughs> you know how long it is? Just guess. Hour and 15 minutes. No, come on. It's too short. But I don't know. Two hours and 12 minutes. Why? <laughs> Why? Watched it today. That episode is coming out this Friday. I don't know if there's a lot of crossover between Scent of a Woman fans and the Kissing Booth fans, but yeah. <laughs> oh, he gets a hooker? Or a call girl? Sorry. A lady of the night. <laughs> They're Batman. You did good, hombre. <laughs> he wants to experience these things. How long is your lease for here? You just year to year? Or? Yeah, year to year. It's next next April. Probably. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to discuss it on the podcast. I was just curious being here. <laughs> I like it. Oh, yeah. No, great place because, again, we're having a good time watching this movie. TV looks great. Thank you. Um, I, hung, I, I hung it myself. I haven't been here to do a podcast since your girlfriend's moved in. This is true. So it's a different experience. It's, it's less of a less of a bachelor pad and more of like a. It was never like a bro. No, no, but like this is more of a place that you could tell you live here in a relationship. But honestly, if I was, if I could afford, I was like, if this was my place, like I moved into it, and then she moved into it. Besides, obvi- like, things like hanging stuff or, or hers on the wall. Um, but I also, I, I, I like her stuff and she likes my stuff. The furniture-wise and everything like that, this is how it would look if I lived here. By myself, before her. It's my style. I don't know if that's your style. I think it is, but I think, I think well, it would have a different look. Because if it did, then you're accusing your own girlfriend of having zero individuality. No, we just have... Very similar taste. Well, she'd have to. And she's ha- and she's ha- she's happy to let me decorate. I don't know. I uh, it's very white. She likes white. Yeah, but I'm saying I know I agree with that. But I'm saying I feel like you'd have a little bit more color. She wants. She 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 likes she likes color too. Because you have also, this is great for podcasting, by the way. But <laughs> you also have white. Uh, cabinets i well, no, that's the whole thing i was very much contemplating painting uh some of the walls maybe doing like an accent wall or something but i just don't want to do that into a rental that i might leak. 100 percent, so that that's where i would that or like i just can't like but we were saying if the place was yours that's what you said and money though that too that's a big part if if i knew like if i so when i moved in you know what I'm saying? Let's say you own the place. It's like, like this is your home. Uh-huh. Like you purchased this home. Yeah. And walls are being painted. And also, but unfortunately, like the room is a weird size that like an accent chair doesn't exactly fit there. But that's also where I would have a good splash of color. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way the wall. Again, great, great, <laughs> great. for podcasting. Great for podcasting. <laughs> this is what happens. We're talking about senses, though. We're yeah, talking about, exactly. He can't see, but we can. What do you think of, did you try the? Any of the trash can? Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean. You got it before it gets 
This is a nationally recognized beer. Yes, but I'm. It's the brown. I want the white can. Well, this was their. This was the uh, the, the the away jersey. They called it. Yes, but it's not really their away jersey, and that's what gets me mad. They never wore brown or black. Is brown brown or black? Either way, they never wore that as their away jersey. That's San Diego Padres brown color from the same era. But that's again vision. We can't talk about vision. We should watch the rest of the movie blind. Just using our other senses to describe. Oh, and well, you'll you'll hear about it when uh, my next episode is with uh, Brandt, who was on for a first cut episode, but I had him back on to discuss Ratatouille. And oh no, we, you won't hear it because it was he didn't want to necessarily talk like brewery business while recording. But one little thing that I'll share is that I was asking him about the uh, trash can banger and. The design, there's a beer that already had, like, the license to it, I think, down in, like, in Houston. Mm, so they that would make sense. So they couldn't go, like, nationally with it and, like, sh- and ship it elsewhere because then they would receive, like, a cease and desist. The funny thing is, Texas is not allowed to ship their beers outside of Texas. Craft beers. Yeah. That's why... And neither is New... New Jersey not allowed? Oh, wow, that stinks. Or, wait, no, is it... Yeah, I think New Jersey is not allowed. Oh, so stupid. Because New Jersey, you can receive... See, yeah, that's, yeah. So there's no New Jersey beers that are, and that's not true because you get like River uh, River Horse, that's in New Jersey? Yeah. You get that in the city. But I think maybe kegs are different. I don't know. There was some, he's got, he's, no, because there, you there can't even like, get like, the only ones that you can get from Texas is like Shiner and things that have been Oh, like no, old. I'm sorry. You can't ship it to like ship individual. Homes. Yeah, no, no, so. but like Texas craft beer, you can't get outside Texas. It's like a stupid rule. Have you ever seen a Texas craft beer outside Texas? The breweries are great there. You and I have both been to them, but you don't yeah. see it because they're not allowed, which is the dumbest rule. No, because I think you can in Jersey because there's a couple of Jersey breweries. No, you no, you can. That's yeah. why, that's where my little bit of confusion was coming there. But point being, it's not a uh, a lack of... Um, well, why'd they change the color? There was some logical, like, there was something to do with, like, also then, like, the canning and it was like during the pandemic and the labels. Uh, there was some kind of weird. There were there was a very good reason. I'm just gotcha, not. Gotcha. Out there. They are in this hotel room a lot. Did he catch an STD that fast? I forgot this port, this part. I forgot a lot of parts. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, this is like E.T. sick at this point. He's like pale. He needs to phone home. Yeah. Imagine if Colonel Frank Slade was an extraterrestrial the whole time. Uh, do you not remember the ending? Is Pacino one of the faces in Men in Black, like when they show showing people on the board? Like the <laughs> I don't remember. If I remember that, that'd be. So it's it, a couple facts about this movie: the Italian relation. This is actually based on an Italian film, partially, called Profumo di Donna from nineteen seventies, nineteen seventy four to be specific. But it's not, you know, it's not like a Bible book. 
we knew about Jack Nicholson for the lead role, which I could totally see. I mean, I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but famously Al Pacino was uh, in character the entire time. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's pretty... It, it comes through. <laughs> <laughs> well, he had deserved a an Academy Award. Did he? For, Why don't you look up who he for, beat? No, I'm saying for oh. many, I was, you know, oh, many other for things. many other things. So I'm this, curious, then. this this I, this might fall into a category. Wasn't this he? Did he beat Denzel? And that everyone's oh, upset, right? Oh yes, that was the big one. I believe so. Or is this right? Let, I'll tell you right now. Was Malcolm X all the way back in 1992? Uh, yes. Wow. He beat Tom Cruise for A Few Good Men. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin. Wait, A Few Good Men is ninety two. Yeah, it's pretty old. That, oh, that's crazy. So, you th- do you think Jack Nicholson decided to take that role over this? Maybe, because I mean, like, I want Jack Nicholson that role. Like, role I could see him in this role, but I want Jack Nicholson in that role. I could also role. see Pacino in that role. Believe it or not, I could. It's not as I good, but yeah, you, you could see it. Yeah, don't say you can't. But, Honestly, what a stacked, stacked uh, year. Forget about the movies. Pacino, Tom Cruise, Robert Downey Jr., Jack Nicholson, Denzel Washington. Oh, Chap! Wait, say the movie. Chaplin. Chaplin. But what Jack was Nicholson it? was Hoffa. Hoffa. He was also in A Few Good Men, but that wasn't a lead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But isn't that great? Oh, God! You know, if you want to do a podcast, which we're already doing enough, but this is called 1992. No, the 90s. The best actors are amazing almost every year, except there's a couple weird, like Richard Harris. I don't really. Oh, I know Richard Harris. He's good. Well, he, you don't like the one for Life is Beautiful or whatever. Right? Well, that, let, let's see. So, Okay, so Richard Harris actually won an Academy Award before, so I can't rip him. But 1990, Jeremy Irons, Kevin Costner, Richard Harris, Al Pacino for Godfather 3, and Robin Williams. 91, Nick Nolte wins for The Prince of Tides. But he beats Warren Beatty, Kevin Costner, Robert De Niro, and Anthony Hopkins. Wait, what's Kevin... Oh, Field of Dreams. No. He was nominated that year for JFK. Okay, so that one's kind of weak. <laughs> so we see Pacino. Next year, Tom Hanks beats Daniel Day-Lewis. Tom Hanks and Daniel Day-Lewis in the same category is amazing, first of all. But Hanks beats Daniel Day-Lewis, Harrison Ford, Anthony Hopkins, and Liam Neeson. That's wow. a great category. So Anthony Hopkins won. Hanks... No, Hanks won. This is a... Oh, Hopkins was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopkins was... This is The Remains of the Day. Harrison Ford, The Fugitive. Danny Day-Lewis in The Name of the Father, which he was great in. And Liam Neeson for Schindler's List. Next year, Thomas... Thomas Hanks. (laughs) Tom Hanks wins for (laughs) Forrest Gump. But he beats Morgan Freeman in Shawshank. He beats Paul Newman in Nobody's Fool, which is a funny Hoffman movie. There should also be there should be a podcast called Thomas the Hank End. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so he, he beats Brad Pitt in Legends of the Fall. I didn't realize Brad Pitt was nominated. Great movie. Uh, one of my and, mom's all. I can see that. I can see that. We're getting off of that. Um, and Travolta in the '90s. That movie was hot. Legends of the Fall. Yeah. Hot. Um, and then John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. I didn't realize he was nominated for Best Actor for Pulp That's Fiction. That's crazy. crazy. And then Cage wins for Leaving Las Vegas the next year. He beats <laughs> he beats Richard Dreyfuss for Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> Hopkins again for Nixon. Ian McKellen for Richard III. And Sean Penn for Dead Man Walking. Then Jeffrey Rush wins for Shine. 
Which I like Jeffrey Rush, but that's a random win. Yeah. Ray finds the English patient. Everyone thought he was going to win. Yeah. Um, Mel Gibson for Ransom, who's nominated for Best Actor. Mel Gibson for Ransom. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that has to be. Wait, car scene here. Cool. Yeah. But that has to be one of the craziest things I've ever heard of. Would you ever have guessed that Mel Gibson was nominated for Best Actor for Ransom? <laughs> What's the big line? He's like, I forgot. Like, give me back my son. Something like that. 1996, weird year. Woody Harrelson was nominated for The People vs. Larry Flint, and Liam Neeson again for Michael Collins, which he was good in that. Peter Fonda won the next year for Yuli's Gold. I don't even know that movie. But he beat Daniel Day Lewis in The Boxer, Matt Damon in Goodwill Hunting, Leo in Titanic. And uh, I never get this guy's name right. What's the dude? Uh, Dijmon Huso, I think his name. Amistad. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I apologize. He's a great actor. Oh my god! This is why I'm. At. <laughs> I apologize, Kyle. I clicked the wrong thing. <laughs> this makes so much sense. I was reading the Golden Globes. That makes so much more sense. Because I'm like, wait a minute, because it showed Jim Carrey winning next? I'm like, no. Because he Golden also Globe, won the Did Golden the Golden Globe. Globes consider Mel uh, Ransom a comedy? <laughs> no, this was drama. They considered Mar- The Martian a comedy. Oh, God. Okay. Sorry about that, Ooh, Dumbo, guys. now the most expensive neighborhood in New York. Yes. And look at it. It's trash, then. It's where you take your car to learn how to drive. Yeah. Or a blind man learn how to drive. <laughs> okay, so Pacino actually beat that year is a little different. He beat Robert Downey Jr., but everyone else is different except Malcolm X. Uh, sorry, except Denzel Washington or Malcolm X. Clint Eastwood is nominated for Unforgiven and Stephen Ray for The Crying Game instead. I think the Golden Globe got it better that time. Uh, Clint Eastwood and Unforgiven is pretty fantastic. No, I know, but the, I don't know. That's a good year, actually, for all those categories. Yeah. I love the music. It definitely has, like, a European vibe to it. Yes, 100%. 100%. Okay, so. Who did I say won in 1990? I don't remember, but Jeremy Irons actually won in 1990. Anthony Hopkins did not win the Golden Globe. Nick, remember I said Nick Nolte? Yeah. Nick Nolte won the Golden Globe. Anthony Hopkins won the Oscar. For Sons of the Lambs? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's what, Pacino, yeah. Pacino. Hanks, Hanks. Hanks, Hanks. So, that was consistent. Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage. Jeffrey Rush, Jeffrey Rush. But Peter Fonda won the Golden Globe in 97. Jack Nicholson won the Golden Globe. The Oscar for As Good As It Gets. Which, best act... I mean... Jack Nicholson is one of the greatest actors of all time. Yeah. But as good as it gets, winning Best Actor is... Didn't also win Best Supporting Actor for Virginia? So. Yeah. Did At least he was nominated. And, no, and I think he was nominated and people were like, what the hell? Because he was like the host of the like talk soup at that point. Yeah. And then and then Helen Hunt, I think, was nominated too. I think. This guy is somebody, right? Mystery Alaska. Yes. He's the guy that sleeps around. Yeah. He's in a bunch of other stuff too. But. Yeah. He's in one of the prep school movies, I think, as well. The cop here. Oh, but 1998, Roberto Benigni 
won for Life is Beautiful. He beat Tom Hanks and Saved Private Ryan, Ian McKellen and Gods and Monsters, the- Nick Nolte and Ed Norton in American History X. Look at pick, picture that role in Life is Beautiful, and then picture Ed Norton in American History X. <laughs> and then Spacey wins the next year for American Beauty, beats Russell Crowe for The Insider, Richard Farnsworth for Straight Story, Sean Penn for Sweet Lowdown, Sweet and Lowdown, and Denzel Washington Hurricane. Ninety nine weak year. Not those are good actors, but that's a weak year. Hurricane's good. It's good, but that's not his best thing, you know. No. They always say that Russell Crowe probably would have won the next year if, for, for Beautiful yeah. Mind. Yeah. But it, A, they weren't going to give him back-to-back Oscars. B, that's when Denzel wins for Training Day, and pretty much they knew he was going to, you know, like, yeah. this was Denzel's year. But you flip those? I mean, come on, what is he better in? The gla- Gladiator or Beautiful Mind? Beautiful, Beautiful Mind. Mind. For sure. It's not even a question. I would argue, though, that in Training Day, I think he is more of a supporting character, not a lead character. I think it's you could argue that. You could argue that. Two thousand is a weird year because, again, I just want to bring it back to Hoffman. That's the year Almost Famous gets nominated for a bunch of things. Kate Hudson takes every award almost, but she doesn't win the Oscar. She's young. I get it. They probably figure she's going to win again. Marsha Gay Harden wins for Pollock, which I actually really like the movie Pollock. It's a great movie. Ed Harris was Pollock. I love Ed Harris, and he was nominated for that too. But yeah, look at uh, that! Look at that! Uh, God, no, I just saw it. Yeah. You go there now, like people in New York. You go to there now. Oof. You will see Ferraris. <laughs> yes, yes. That won't be the only Ferrari. There, the way, exactly. It won't be a juxtaposition scene. So famously, obviously, Philip Seymour Hoffman wins in 2005 for Capote. Can you name, there's only one repeat, can you name all the other best actor winners in the 2000s? Oh, I that, thought, not oh. Not till now, you know, the 2000 to 2009. We just named a bunch, so you should be able to. We just named a bunch? I'll tell you how, how about this? No, we were going to 2000. I'll tell you how many more they are. If you told, if you said the movies, I could tell you who won. But I'm, I, I, yeah. there's eight more. I mean, I know Daniel Day Lewis is in there for *The Old Blood*. Yes, you don't need to name the movie; just name the people. Yes, you got no. One. But I just, I have to think that. So way. seven more. But um, there's one we've been talking about a lot because I literally talked about the entire 2000 category and 2001. I said a certain actor's movie was better, but he didn't win because this other actor beat him. You're just reading off so much. You guys have been hearing how bad my memory is. Sorry. So, Imagine someone listens to this and like, God, you're suffering. I definitely am. Like, the other day, like, I started, like, uh, what did I say? Oh, I was, like, reapplying deodorant. I'm like, no, I put on deodorant. I just oh, I I'm put done. on deodorant, like, ten seconds before. You're like him right now. Uh, you're like Al Pacino's Disheveled, character in the yeah. movie. Yeah. And I'm like your Chris my O'Donnell. My longer, yeah. <laughs> I do have, I have the more Pacino hair and you do have the, like, closer Right now, because I've got the hair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would just, I would have to, if you, if you said, if you said the movies, I could tell you who Of was. course, but. Okay, but off the top, so then, I mean, 
Okay, so you said... You have seven more. Just name famous actors who've won Academy Awards. You're not going to get in trouble. Adrian for... Brody. Yes. There you go. So you have six more. I'm just trying to think of like the movies that were like... Somebody won twice. Someone won twice? Yes. Uh... Only one person won twice in that decade. It's not. It's not Daniel Day Lewis. No, it's he not, he won twice, but not in the same decade. Is one already Denzel? Or Denzel. Or... That's two thousand one, Training Day. Oh. So you have five more. Oh, I th- I, I'm sorry. You said him, and you said and you that's said what, that's what, Hoffman, yes. So I thought you were. No, no, no. I'm counting. Yeah, I'm saying I said a couple of these. The only. Oh, one okay. You want me to repeat? I'm sorry. Okay, I thought yes. you said. That's what I meant. Okay. So you have five more. One I was comparing to Denzel because they were in the same category. He won in a worse movie than than the next year when Denzel beat him. It was a period piece. (laughs) This is 2000. He beats Jeffrey Rush for Quills. He beats Ed Harris for Pollock. He beats Tom Russell Hanks. Crow. Yes, Russell Crowe. Okay. Oh, so you have four okay. more. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. You have four more. Yes. Really... Okay. You have four more. This next one is the. Pre- I also don't count the O, o as the B. I said 2000, 2009. Okay. This person won twice. This ne- the next person you're going to guess won twice. Won twice in the, in the decade. Yes. In the decade. Um... One played a fictional character. One played a real life person. One time, you know. The second time he won, he actually didn't want to win. He wanted his good friend to win. And his good friend didn't win because he was like kind of screwed out of it. Because he Mickey did. Rourke. Yes, but who... Who won that year? That was Mickey Rourke's oh, good friend. Oh, what was that And this year? is the one who's won twice. Yeah, and who was that? Um, oh, God. Uh, yeah, Mickey Rourke. I'm surprised this person hasn't one been... for the wrestler, Rockman. and that's like in 2009. What movies was I seeing in 2009? My mind is just... (laughs) Alright, I'll give you some some clues. This is not a foodie film, but if you just went by the title, you might think it was a foodie film. It's a real person. (laughs) I'll call it a civil rights leader, but that might might be misleading. Not black civil rights leader. Mm Mm-hmm. Sean Penn. Yes, Sean Penn. He won for Milk Milk. and he won for Mystic River. Yeah. All right, so right now you only have three more. And you're going to get these. I'm going to help you. This person won kind of... This person screwed over a person you like because they were nominated the next year. But you wouldn't say that because Philip Seymour Hoffman beat this person. However, the year before, they won for a musical biopic. Oh. Wait, oh, they... No, that they won. Yeah, they won. Oh. So, but everyone says that the net, you know, this, no, I was okay. going to say, yeah, but I know Joaquin Phoenix just won. But, exactly, so, Joaquin yeah. Phoenix, they were like, oh, he did better oh, than yeah, this person. So ja- yeah, so Jamie Foxx. <laughs> yes, uh, Jamie Foxx won for Red. SNL virtual. Right, two more. Now, of course, Denzel Washington was the first black male in a while to win an Oscar. Uh-huh. But that decade, oh, yeah. would, would see uh, yeah, three well, different ones. Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whit- yeah. Whitaker win for Last King of Scotland. Yeah. All right, you have uh, one more, and this yeah. is 2009. This is... A movie you and I just watched recently. He's the star of. He doesn't win for this one, but he's an act, he's the lead in a Hoffman film. 
a big Hoffman film. We just watched. Oh, we just watched it recently? In the last three movies we've watched, yeah. For this podcast. I can't remember the last three movies we watched for this podcast. <laughs> he beat Jeremy Renner in The Hurt Locker. He beat Morgan Freeman in Invictus. He beat Colin Firth in A Single Man. He beat George Clooney in Up in the Air. Wow, I like 2009. Uh, I'm not looking. I'm looking at our pod, our podcast. Yeah, look at our podcast. That's fair. Ooh, when he gets in the Marine uniform here. Or it's an army. I think it's a Marine. I don't, I don't remember where he was. But the military uniform. Wait. This isn't... Not Jeff Bridges. Yes, Jeff Bridges, 2009. That's 2009? Crazy Heart, yeah. I thought that... I thought that... Oh, the movie came out in 2009, but that's like the 2010 Academy Awards, right? Yeah, I guess technically. Okay, yeah. that's where I had it, because I remember who I saw it in theaters with. <laughs> a girl? Yeah. Do tell. Is that what, one that... what did she smell like, Kyle? Strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what she tasted like. Oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> Movie's almost over. We, we're two hours in almost. <laughs> so we still have a uh, sitcom length left. <laughs> At least, at least, me. yeah. Because I'm sorry, more of a, more of a basic cable. Oh God, military uniform with the gun. You think a Pacino podcast would do well, or are there too many like weirdo movies? Because he did a lot of weirdo movies. It just gets really, you know, for, for a while, then it gets like crappy too. Like, it's a lot too. It's, it's a, a lot. lot. Yeah, I would not because like a little behind the scenes. I don't know if Joey wants me to say this, but like, so they did Tom Tom Club, and Tom Cruise, like, does double Tom Hanks numbers. Which, but Tom Hanks is very safe. There's a choice. lot of Scientologists out there. Maybe, but it's very safe choice. You know, Tom Cruise. You and I both did uh, filled out the awards for the Cruises. You, that was good debates on that. You know. It wasn't like, what should I vote for? So many great movies in Tom Cruise's career. He has very little letdowns. Like, of all his movies, maybe 10% are letdowns, you know? Al Pacino, for one of the greatest actors of all time. Probably 50-50 career in terms of actual films. Maybe a little bit better. He considers Scarface his best acted role. But I don't know if one day... I don't... I'm Latin. I'm not Cuban. I don't know. I'm not offended by the Scarface performance. It is over the top and silly. I could see in like 20 years people being like, that's kind of racist. <laughs> and I'll be wearing my Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> not because it's fair, but... So is he in Scarface. Yeah. Scarface is a... I love Scarface. It's I'm an over-the-top movie. That's so why... It's an over-the-top performance. I, I'm a huge... Scarface fan and not because like oh I want to be him or anything like that like it is such a silly my favorite thing about the movie is the music that's my favorite thing it's amazing they were going to change it they were going to re-release it and put like hip hop music and they made this whole Def Jam record and at the last second fuck exactly they were like we can't do that (laughs) because it is it is a big deal in the hip hop community yeah on MTV Cribs everyone had a Scarface poster (laughs) in their house so sorry, they released I'm the sorry, album. Yo, MTV Cribs. Yes. They released the album, but they didn't. Uh, yeah, you can do that if you want to. Like, but they didn't actually. There's never. I don't think there's a cut with that. I think aren't they? There's someone's doing a new version of Scarface. Yeah, whatever. Look how long this scene is. 
it, it's powerful. I get it, and he deserves the Oscar a hundred percent. But these are long scenes. Yeah. The scene needed to begin with, just like, "Why have guns?" It's like, "I'm robbing." Like, yeah, like he's like, already dressed. He walks yeah. in. He's already like, "Oh my god!" He's in his uniform yeah. with a gun. That's actually—I don't want to say that's how it should begin. That's how it would have began today in today's filmmaking. I'd be like, he's blind. I'm just going to duck. Clearly has very good uh, hearing. Every little move, step, he's like... I would do this, like put my hand up and duck, you know, kind of like... What a weekend, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like... <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> like he gets back to school. I, I know we have like the trial scene and stuff like that, but like yeah. if he didn't, like he gets back to a uh, school. He just, oh, dude, I had the weirdest weekend. You <laughs> saying what a weekend? Like just uh, maybe just automatically I thought of like John Mulaney saying that. Like what a weekend? <laughs> like imagine John, a like, younger John Mulaney in this role. <laughs> like, question: How old do you think Al Pacino was at the, this year? When it when the scent of woman came out, because I think he's playing older than he is. Ooh, tussling. Um, he's probably forty-seven, forty-eight. Let's see. What year is this again? Ninety-two. Forty forty-six, forty-seven. Fifty-two. How old is he? Wait, so that means he's... he's... 80 now. Wow. He's older than Joe Pesci, I wouldn't have guessed. De Niro's 76. He's older than Bobby? Yeah. Bobby was always the young person growing up in the theater. Looking up to Al. I looked up to Al my whole life, you know. Yeah. But I was into Meisner. Meisner. Pacino was... How cool must it have been, like, that New York acting scene with, like, Pacino, De Niro, and just, like, studying acting, and, like, what's it like, you know? Yeah. Where your roots fall. You know, my uh, my dad is a gay artist, so... <laughs> you forget that uh, Pacino was married to one of your favorites, Beverly D'Angelo, for many years. Well, for, like, six or seven Babs? Years. Yeah. So great. <laughs> Holiday Road, baby. Definitely one of the hottest movie moms. Oh yeah, I'd say so. That was, that was one of the earliest uh, movie boobs I ever saw. Your parents let you watch Vacation. Uh, Christmas Vacation is the first vacation I saw, and then Vegas Vacation. <laughs> and then Vacation Vacation. And then Vacation, yeah. European was the last one I saw. And never watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> Intense, intense. I mean, we're kind of just biding our time because we get good Hoffman moments still in the movie. We're not like 
there's no it's not the end of Hoffman and still great Pacino moments oh, arguably the greatest yeah like, you know maybe the dance scene was maybe this was but people remember that uh, it's not the final scene but you know that like I don't I always think of it as a courtroom scene but it's not oh I'm just getting started yeah, yeah. <laughs> O'Donnell's acting his ass off though yeah he's finally he's very he's very subdued in most of the film he's very his his as a person in the movie, he's 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 timid. Yeah. So before when it, like and what so I wasn't trying to make like a, a slight at him, but Philip Seymour Hoffman is just having like more to chew on in those scenes because more to cut. Yeah. Because he's the jerk, and and then Chris O'Donnell's like the timid patsy. So while he's not an egot because he does not have a Grammy. <laughs> Uh, Pacino is a triple crown winner. He should have a Grammy for singing the Dunkachino. Come on. <laughs> now, triple crown winners are, uh, if you're an actor, you don't necessarily want to go out and win a Grammy, you know, but a triple crown of acting is uh, Emmy, Tony, But also, I mean, like, obviously, Oscar. obviously a lot of EGOTs fall under musician categories because then it's like, you know, rarely is it, are you going to get like, they won for acting and then they won best you know like then they won a Grammy well, you like, know what I'm gonna look up now who qualifies as that not just like a I don't know how you search that what do you search no you just think about it in your head you know okay so here are the well e- I guess you just look at EGOT winners and, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. now see Liza Minnelli's technically an EGOT but Liza Minnelli and she would qualify yeah but sure. Liza Minnelli one of them she never won a Grammy competitively she has a special Grammy, you know, and it's a little asterisk. Yeah, James Earl Jones is also a uh, non-competitive egot because I don't think he has an Oscar. Yeah, he doesn't have an Oscar. He should have probably, you know, a lot of discrimination. Uh, Mel Brooks is an egot. Was he nominated for Field of Dreams? I feel like he should be. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Mel Brooks is an egot, and theoretically, not because of singing, but I think he deserves all of them. Emmy for TV work, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grammy because he writes songs, you know? Yeah. thing is, Tony and Grammy could sometimes get wrapped together because you win for, like, best cast album and stuff. And then also that song could then fall under, I feel like... Well, Grammy and movies could get that. And then That's if, true, too. And then if you release in Tony's, I think you could still... You could win for that song, but, like, you would, you couldn't win if you won a Tony... I don't think then you you can't win an Academy Award for the same song because it needs to be an original song. You know yes. what I'm saying? But you could win an original song in a movie and then it becomes a play and win for the same song. <laughs> that is Tony. true. Uh, it's funny because uh, Marvin Hamlish is a guy who definitely deserved all of it, but all for music if you think about it because he's going to win for like... Yeah. He won three Oscars, best score, best song, you know. He won three Emmys for... Oh, he produced a Barbara Streisand stuff. So, Grammy... Obviously, and Tony chorus line he wrote. So, you know, stuff like that. Like Richard Rogers, Helen Hayes. But Rita Moreno is an interesting case because Rita Moreno is one of the OG EGOTs. Yeah. But hers are kind of weird because everyone thinks, like, oh, she must have just won everything for West Side Story. But the only one she wins for West Side Story is Best Actress. Um, she supporting. Wins... Yes, Best Supporting Actress, sorry. She won two Emmys, one for The Muppet Show and one for The Rockford Files. That's amazing. Which is, you know, in the 70s. But she won a Grammy for being on The Electric Company, which is like a show that predates Sesame Street. 
and she won a Tony. She won 1962 Best Supporting Actress and then won the rest of them between that year and 1978. That's a great run. Yeah. She has a role in Spielberg's West Side Story. Good. Andrew Lloyd Webber, EGOT winner. He's such a weird looking guy. Yes. Such a fish looking guy. Academy Award for Evita. Emmy for a live special of Jesus Christ Superstar. Grammy for Evita, Cats, and a company called Requiem. And multiple Tonys, of course. Yeah. Tom Legend is an EGOT, right? Mm, I don't see him here. I think he's close. Oh, he is. You're right, you're right. Yeah, he, like, he won for Oscar for a, a song yeah. from Selma. He won an Emmy for, again, that G, this Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert won a lot of Emmys in 2018. I don't even remember it existed. Um, and he obviously has won multiple Grammys and he won a Tony and for writing a song for a play. Whoopi Goldberg is a famous uh, Emmy uh, EGOT person. She would probably be the closest to... You know what I'm saying? Because she won for Ghost. So there you go. That's acting right there. But Grammy is like the... What she won for Grammy? A comedy so... award. A comedy recording. So it's like, yes, I get it. That counts. But at least that's a... But no, but that is... But that's still... It's not like... a. That is like... That doesn't fall under... Unless it was like HBO and you could win and like for it on like... Via an Emmy... But it was just an was it just an album, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, a comedy album, yeah. It's purely just a comedy album. So I so no for me that's like a fair because that falls under original Broadway show recording. I don't know. I, I can't even click it. I'm Isn't not sure. she? She was in was it's she on eighty six? But she won for Ghost. She won uh, Emmys for hosting a special, and she won for The View once. Um, she won for Tony for Thoroughly Modern Millie, and she won a Grammy for uh, Best Comedy Recording Original. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, you know, interesting, you know, Big Flight of the Concords fan. Collectively, they're close to an EGOT, if you count the both of them, because uh, Brett's won an Oscar. Yeah. Because that was like, Muppets, right? the Muppet one. Yeah. They won a, a Grammy together. Um, ironically, they didn't win Emmy. They're on TV a lot, so I guess they only have two. But I guess forget Jermaine. Brett has two because yeah. But they could win a Grammy. They could win a. They could win an Emmy if they do like a special or yeah, something. Exactly. Yeah. And or just start a new show again. Which and then should. and then yeah and then uh, if they did a Broadway show, they could probably get something. You know. So. <laughs> There's a lot of interior car scenes in this movie. <laughs> and they're actually driving. Should they cover this on Practical. Too Fast, Too Forever? I actually have... Oh, shoot. Ugh, why did I do this? I have to... Uh, I'm on Too Fast, Too Forever this weekend. They're recording. We're recording, but... Uh, I, as a patron of the show, I suggested two films for this lap. And I said I would be on them. Uh-huh. Um, because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm usually on a movie, but they have a guest... They have two guests the entire run, so having five is way too much for a podcast. So I said, let me do the two movies I suggested. And this is a Michelle Rodriguez lap. So you could either pick Michelle Rodriguez movie 
or something that has to do with her character. And her big thing is amnesia, the fact that she dies, doesn't really die, forgets everything and rejoins the series. So I was like, not fuck them in a mean way, but I'm like, this would be hilarious. What's a movie that has to do with cars and forgetting? Dude, was my car. Exactly. So I picked that. But then I volunteered to be on that. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch that. <laughs> that's a, at least that's... I, mean, I haven't seen it in a while. I'm assuming it's really bad. True. Fair. Fair. <laughs> and then I picked Blue Crush as my other It's family. got a good food scene in it. Blue Crush. Have you seen that? Nicole like, likes that movie. All the way back when it came out. Pretty ladies in that one. Yeah, she's disappeared. Boswell? Yeah. Kate Boswell, something like that. Michelle Rodriguez, fellow Dominican, fellow last name compatriot. I don't think we're related. This movie is funny because I remember us talking about this, not just the last time we recorded, but also when we first saw it. You think it's going to end a lot of times. This is one of them. Yeah, but then all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, like he's getting expelled. (laughs) I'll be like, $300! Well, he did do a lot of cool stuff in the weekend. Also, three hundred dollars back then it was a lot more. Fair. Also, a high school kid too, three hundred dollars. Yeah, like all these other things. I'm thinking if like if I had to put up with that crap and I have three hundred dollars <laughs> right now. Goodbye, Charlie. They kiss. They should. Ugh. You want to see what he looked like? Yeah. He's got thick fingers. A big hands, Pacina. He's like a smaller guy. Those are some big hands. There's some uh, cement worker hands. Butcher's hands. Oh God! Or no, he know. Yeah, I'm sorry. He does know at this point because this is the trial. True. So he knows he has to go up against it. Yeah. Was he wasn't in Labyrinth yet, right? Like that Labyrinth didn't exist. I don't think so, no. So is this where he and Todd Luizo met? Oh. Maybe they met in other theater, you know. Mm-hmm. No, it just what year is this you said? Ninety two. The Labyrinth forms in ninety two. Yeah. Did they form it? Did they I'm going to say original 13 actors, Labyrinth. Such an odd setup. Yeah. 
It's like, oh, that was just a week ago. <laughs> the symptom of the sickness of a society. All right, it's not that big of a deal, buddy. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is where he's just getting started I always forget that he's from Oregon though. Chris O'Donnell well, not, you know, Yeah, yeah. Charlie <laughs> Yes, Charlie Not many people of color in that audience Sorry, we're just really focused yeah. on this scene. Look, but go. look at Hoffman's act, like acting. Like he is, the weight is on his shoulders, but he's also playing it up too, right? Like that he's pretending he's feeling the guilt well, for this incident. Well, the guilt, yeah. But his father definitely has like he's just like you fucked up. <laughs> This is another long scene, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. But at least we got Hoffman in it. I didn't have my contacts in. <laughs> what a BS excuse. I'm sorry. It's a little on that. Um, was she the librarian or the te- the teacher? I love it. But I love how she fingered them when they were right next to her when it was happening. You know? And. Um, but like, wouldn't she be like, oh, um, what's, I'm totally. They just said it was you know, Hoffman. Was, yeah, but Ho- Hoffman's character was the one talking to her. Yeah, yeah, like clearly the one distracting her from something. So stupid. Whispering. <laughs> what a reaction! I don't know about that, but.
they shouldn't also be against each other, you know? Yeah. Why, and why can't you just tell the story of just like, oh, I was in the library taking out a book where Charlie was working. We come out and we're talking and yeah, there were some people in the pit, well, I couldn't tell who they were. Yeah, I couldn't tell who they were, but I definitely saw some people yeah, there. Yeah, I saw some people there setting something up. Oh, I don't remember that he rats them out. Yeah, <laughs> maybe in saying three specific. You know this crazy thing though? His voice really never like I mean from twenty three then towards the end, like it it sounds the same. For the yeah, most but, part. but like most people's, it's funny because most people's voice don't change doesn't change that much after that year. Mm. Well, we're talking about the person whose voice changed the most in their life, Al Pacino. So, <laughs> <laughs> that, well, that's your the excuse you said to give. Yeah. I don't know, but he had a douchey haircut. I'd be like I couldn't say I'd be so mad <laughs> proceedings are a mockery <laughs> you pompous ass yeah, like you cannot expel someone for that you know See, what's good about this movie is like he could just rat them out too because Hoffman just ratted them out, you know? In the shape of whom? Like a human being? <laughs> Bigfoot. What, like, I would actually, I would go a little bit more, I think like, since he doesn't want to rat people out, be like, I know who did it, but I don't want to rat them out because that's not the right thing to do. Yeah, but that's not going to, I get it, but that's not going to go over well with this guy. Yeah, well, that's fair. Like, they look like yeah. any other student here. <sighs> oh. <laughs> Did we... I'm, I'm going to check something. Give me one second. Okay. Yeah, I mean, this this guy's been in so much stuff. I don't know how I would do in prep school. Probably not well. 
<laughs> it is a crock of shit though not in a barracks If we had like a morning show, like or like a Howard Stern S show, that would be on our soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> like calm down, Brian. Like I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What was her scent? <laughs> yes, her, her. She, she hot girl. She pretty she girl. Pretty girl. What does she smell like? What does she smell like? Yeah, she's got a good whiff. God. <laughs> That's another line people say to you, like, I'll show you how to order. I'm too old, too, too fucking blind. <laughs> oh, God, okay. That's so good. Oh, that's so good. I'm all about it. This is like, and the Academy Award goes to yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially in this you know, Oh, that was the best. That's my favorite part. I've been around, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not going to play it now because it won't come through, but I found like an Al Pacino soundboard. <laughs> Dismissed. Not a bear, man. I love that. <laughs> 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 like so this is like such an oh snap like you know yeah. moment like oh snap
He's not wrong. He's not wrong. I wonder what, like, you know, obviously he's one of the best actors ever. But, like, for a role where I feel like, you know, like, well, let's go with, uh, as uh, the aforementioned... uh, Ray or Jamie Foxx is Ray Charles. I yeah, mean, a, a a blind man that wore, was wearing you know obviously sunglasses often, so as the character it made sense. But in this, where we see Pacino's eyes a lot, like what kind of technique he has to, well, to you know take on? I was reading they were going to give him contacts that like blocked it, that looked more realistically that he was blind, mm-hmm. but he essentially was like, "I'm going to stay in character." Like if you do that. You might actually go blind, so like, don't do that. Because I don't know, I don't know blind people enough. I, again, they're not going to see this movie, so oh. I don't mean it like that. But like, I wonder if an expert sees this, like, oh, this is bullshit. Like, he wouldn't look like that or have those mannerisms. <laughs> How's that for cornball? Oh. Hoffman face. I'm gonna go to the boat and play music. <laughs> There's students on this committee as well. I mean, that's fair, that's right? Fair, but I'm surprised. Like, so... But yeah, that's fair. session what what do you think they're doing like like he's so perceptive right now it's like they're obviously talking about the verdict they're not like having a puppet show <laughs> that was quick Hey, it's your fault, lady. Yeah, bitch. (laughs) All that for that probation? Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) Oh. I hope uh, I hope when you're uh, betrothed, your uh, girlfriend comes home tonight, give her a nice little hoorah in the bedroom. Please, please do, please. Why not? Hoorah! Yeah. <laughs> Will she get the reference? No. And if she does, are you impressed or a little bit like weirded out? She gives you a not weirded back. out, but just confused <laughs> because like she isn't like a cinephile kind of person. Like I say all the time, like what's that from? She's like, I don't know. You know, I don't know what that's from. <laughs> <laughs> she's like oh scent of a woman nice Oscar winner it's like you're right yeah. with auburn hair <laughs> 
Are you a big fan of the auburn hair? <laughs> very, very nice hair. The sun is catching it quite low, quite lovely. Isn't she lovely? <laughs> um, so, guys, if the audio is too loud for the movie, we apologize again. We haven't been in person much, so we're not. I think maybe volumes. when he gets louder, maybe when there's music swells, maybe. But like right now, it's quiet. It can't. Yeah, it can't be too loud, right? But if it is, we apologize. If not, then just listen and don't watch the movie. Let us narrate the film. Kyle, why are you in the in the bathroom right now? Pouring up here, pouring up here. Give me some more because I got frozen up before, so maybe that adds some flavor to your horchata from the keller. Getting them digits. Slade is ready to slay. <laughs> Seven. Auburn. <laughs> so, so you knew he said that. You remember that line? Auburn hair. Yeah, I just remember that part of the entire. She said, "Beautiful brown eyes. She had blue eyes." <laughs> it was in the script. That's what the script said. Oh, screenwriters! I hope when your your girlfriend listens back to this podcast, she's not offended that we were asking so many intimate questions. I don't think she's listened to a single podcast. <laughs> I'll ask you this question: of any you, of, of, my, of foodie films, of original PS, I love Hoffman. Well, she's I'm not like, taking offense to it. I'm just, <laughs> but do you, would you prefer that, or would you prefer like a like a someone who's like a fan girl of your work? Like, oh my god, that episode was great. <laughs> like, I'm just thinking that makes me think of like in uh, like Scott Pilgrim, the uh, <laughs> the girl that like is in love with him. Yeah, but I'm saying like she's like, oh, your last episode was amazing. Kyle. No, because awesome. I don't, because I I don't I don't because <laughs> I, I couldn't deal with that. I'd be like, come on. Yeah, and all, yeah, exactly. Like between myself, de- deprecation, and then just like I, I don't do well with generosity. I don't do well like the good things and the bad things. So generosity, pander, you know, pandering. Yeah, I don't I don't take compliments well. Yeah. So I wouldn't be like, I'd be like, what's your angle? And, and it's funny because I think people think that like I might take compliments well because like, like as far as my sense of humor goes, I'm just always like, I, 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 I think I try to play off like the overconfident like type, but that's the exact opposite. <laughs> Peeling the onion today. That you, Francie? I miss the fall. I know it'll happen again. But it's been a hot summer. It has, but it's been a weird one too. So it's like yeah. <laughs> Would you live in that garage? It's uh, pretty nice. Yeah, I mean, like given certain circumstances, sure. You're a blind Vietnam veteran. So everyone's better in the end. Yeah. 
You think he'll ever like visit him again? I think so, for sure. I think this isn't the, that's not the last time they saw one another. I love it in movies when they like drive in the middle of the road, though no one would do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is The Scent of a Woman, starring Al Pacino, Chris O'Donnell, and a bunch of other people, but including Philip S. Hoffman, a young Philip S. Hoffman. Fun. I'm glad we were able to see that one. It's been a while. A, well, not well, really. Not really. <laughs> but like, it's been a while since we've actually had a episode about it. We'll put it that way. But what? So, since we did the last two things on the Wheel of Hoffman because of some errors, we have to spin the Wheel of Hoffman twice Wheel this time. Wheel of Hoffman. <laughs> so let's do it. You ready? I'm ready. All right. So just for the record, we're spinning the Wheel of Hoffman. The next two things are going to be the next two things on the ballot, and you could vote for what we're going to watch on our next rewatch. We're pretty much doing this every two weeks these days, so it's going to be, you can vote on Instagram or on Facebook, and whatever, you know, whatever the two things that we spin this random wheel that I found online with Hoffman movies, well, I put the Hoffman movies there, but whatever these next two things that appear are, that's what you guys are going to vote for. And whichever one loses will be on the ballot for the next time. Yes, Survivor style. All right, here's one spin. Ooh, listen to that. Yes, that's what I usually hear in my <laughs> headphones. The winner is oh. Happiness. <laughs> oh, I forgot that was on there. <laughs> happiness is a very fucked up movie, if you remember. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so Happiness is going to go against... Please don't be Magnolia. I love Magnolia, but it's really long, so I don't want it to go against yeah, happiness. Yeah, because would, you know. Charlie Wilson's War. <laughs> Let me write that down. We had, um, let's see, I ha- we had Anne Paz, uh, who is a professor of mine on For Happiness, and we had Michael Manzi, who you got to hear on this episode, on For Charlie Wilson's War. So check out those episodes. Because we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Not because we don't like them or no. that they're good, but... Like my girlfriend, I don't want to listen to my voice again. Uh, uh, I spun the wheel again. Apologies, don't close this. <laughs> yes, so those are the next two. Charlie Wilson's War versus Happiness. I don't know who's going to win. I think probably Charlie Wilson's War, but... I would think so, yeah. I would think so. And, uh, <laughs> and I slightly hope so. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do Happiness at some point, though. Yeah. <laughs> What's the one, like, the girl who's, like, the star of happiness? I don't remember her name, but... She's the doctor in um, Father of the Bride Part 2. She's also a doctor in Frasier. She's Mel, uh, one of Niles' wives. Yeah. They briefly get married, I believe. Um, Yeah, so happiness versus Charlie Wilson's War. So hope you guys enjoyed listening to us talk over Scent of a Woman. Yeah, exactly. We, we talked really, talk Scent of a Woman, but... but he's not, we, when he was on screen, we talked about him. When he wasn't, we had a fun conversation. We enjoyed each other's company. We enjoyed your company, Hoff fans. So thank you so much for all this. And again, if the, if the music and the words bled too much, apologies, but hope you had a good time. And uh, yeah, Kyle, I guess, it's, uh, I guess it's your turn to say something. I mean, unless you want to plug Foodie Films. I already kind of mentioned High School Slumber Party mentioned foodie films already a few times so so then say it there's more to cut (laughs) stay uncool stay uncool